And now, introducing the man who almost gave away his secret identity last week by wearing his Spider-Clark shirt. Spider-Clark, Spider-Clark, does whatever a Spider-Clark does. Can he hang from a web? No, he can't. He's a Glenn. He's Glenn Clark. You've been in a singing mood of late. I don't know if it's a... Uh... It's the holidays, holidays, I guess. Is that what it is? You've been in a, you've been in a musical so, mood. Winter Wonderland out there. Got to get it in. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Paul. We're here. Um, I hope you all are safe. You know, I, where I live, there's like no snow. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, which is weird because where I live normally is where it's the worst. Um, obviously, this particular storm seems to be more of a southern thing and far bigger deal in the D.C. area than it is here, which is just weird. It doesn't normally work that way, but um, that's, the, that's the reality for this one. Hope wherever you are, you're safe. All's good. We'll keep you entertained for the next couple of hours here on GCR with a lot to cover. Are we actually on the screen? Did you switch over from the coming soon, starting soon uh, thing? Or? My, my apologies. Yeah. A lot, lot going yeah. on this morning. Yeah. I apologize. All right. All right. Just want to make sure we got that taken care of. We're good now. All right. Very good. So here we are. We are here. I promise. I promise. We're not uh, in parts unknown. Uh, we are actually here in studio. Uh, braved it because we're heroes. Let's just call it like it is. We're heroes coming in this morning. Uh, thanks today to, um, I, I, look, I enjoy, I know yesterday I was fighting with a bunch of you during the Project Game Day postgame show, and I'll continue to fight with you based on some of the stupid things that you say, but I still enjoy the back and forth for the most part, and after I get the screaming out of the way, I, I do enjoy doing that show, so... Thank you to those of you that tuned in for Project Game Day. We had fun, despite the fact that, yes, the Ravens lost again, and, and some of you have just lost your minds altogether. Um, we will do it again, despite the fact that the game probably won't mean anything on Sunday. I know there's still this one in a million. What happened to all that one in a million talk? There's this one in a million chance the Ravens could still be alive for a postseason berth, but let's be honest, it's, it's over. Um, but we'll still do it again this Sunday for uh, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. Rita is with me for the uh, finale for the year of Project Game Day. It's been brought to you by Glory Days Grill as well as Underdog Fantasy Football. Appreciate you joining us all season long for Project Game Day. Coming up on the program today, uh, missed him last week. We're going to try again today with Le'Ron McClain, former Ravens fullback, now podcaster. I also want to get his thoughts on the Antonio Brown situation because he has dealt with a lot of stuff and he's talked openly about it on social media and some of the things that he's dealt with in his life and I, I think that that could be quite eye-opening so we're going to chat with Leron McLean a little bit later on this hour also coming up this morning Adam Amin he called Ravens Rams for Fox yesterday and uh, Jeremy Kahn joins us as he does every Monday on GCR plus we'll dish out our slaps of the helmet that's all on the way on today's program I'm I'm flummoxed I'm not flummoxed I've been dealing with it for a few weeks now I'm, as I said yesterday, it's definitely a bummer because the Ravens could have won that game, and not only could they have won that game, that could have been enough to get them into the playoffs, right? Um, they could have won that game, and and you could argue they should have won that game. I mean, frankly, they, they, they should have, despite everything. They should have won that football game, and so when they don't, there's disappointment. It's it's a bummer. I'm I'm flummoxed by the anger, I'm I'm just befuddled by being angry at what a team is doing 
when their backup quarterback is playing and when they don't have a secondary and when their offensive line is is decimated i'm flummoxed by being angry about it and and maybe it's just a conflation of well if you could have and you didn't i don't care who's on the field i'm going to be angry okay i guess I, and and maybe this is my fault for being able to have perspective and not just being sort of a fanatic about these types of things. I'm I'm befuddled by anyone being angry about the results of the football games involving this group of players. I think that people are more angry. I was upset yesterday because they led the entire game. No, and, 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 and they definitely could have and should have won the football game. Right. There's no debate about that. But I still don't get being angry about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's more insane that they were in the football game than that they didn't win the football game. Right. My, 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 my anger has subsided. I was angry in the moment. I think, that that, I think there's a difference between being angry in the moment and being angry overall. My anger has subsided since yesterday because you're right. This team is, you know, playing on by... The thinnest of, of hairs, right? Well, now. and look, I, I think some of it I do think some of it is for a for a group of people, you allowed yourself to believe that Tyler Huntley was something he isn't. And and that maybe has something to do with I don't know if it why I still don't understand why it would be anger, but it, it allows you to confuse yourself into thinking when you were saying asinine things like the Ravens can do the exact same things with Tyler Huntley that they could do with Lamar Jackson, like mm-hmm. when you were allowing yourself to do that, which as I tried to say all along, was one, it, it was extraordinarily unfair to Lamar Jackson, but frankly it was unfair to Tyler Huntley too, right? Like that's not a standard that we should have been holding Tyler Huntley to. What you got yesterday was Tyler Huntley, who's a guy that, again, it's, it's a neat story that he's playing at a competent level in the NFL. That's neat. And, yes, he probably should have been drafted, and, yeah, he might be cracking through to be in this league for some time. But portraying him because he played well for one game, the Packers game he played really well. He wasn't otherworldly, but he played well. And in other moments, played fairly well. And portraying him as suddenly being a starting quarterback in the NFL or something the Ravens were going to be able to uh, either trade Lamar Jackson and keep him or trade him and get something was absurd. We were doing it to make ourselves feel better about the state of the Ravens. And what you got yesterday, a guy who wasn't ready for the moment, what you got yesterday in someone who's just not a particularly good... I. We kept convincing ourselves that Tyler Huntley was a really good thrower of the football, which I never understood that. I didn't know what other people were watching. Yes, he made that great throw to Rashad Bateman a couple weeks ago, and you can't take that away from him. That's a, that was phenomenal. But he's not a downfield thrower of the football. He's an underneath thrower of the football. And somebody would say, well, so was Tom Brady for the majority of his career. Thank you. If you think Tyler Huntley is Tom Brady, God bless you. I don't know what else to say to you. He's a good underneath thrower of the football. And credit, God bless for that. That can keep you in the league for a long time. Every team needs multiple quarterbacks on their roster. And this thing, like people hear me say this and think I'm taking a shot at Tyler Huntley. No, I'm praising him because it's absurd that an undrafted free agent can even be that good. We are the problem because we started to talk about Tyler Huntley like he was a starting effing quarterback. 
And I think that that has led to the, like, we really wanted to believe that you could do the things with Tyler Huntley that you could do with Lamar Jackson. When the story was always the Ravens needed Lamar Jackson to play absurdly well in order for them to have a chance. Which is why it was so disappointing that he wasn't playing absurdly well. Because they couldn't survive that. If they can't survive Lamar Jackson not playing absurdly well, they sure as F can't survive Tyler Huntley playing as well as he's capable of playing. Because he can't be Lamar Jackson. And it was offensive to both of them the way that you were tossing it around. And because we've decided we like Tyler Huntley so much and we don't want to just admit that we're wrong, instead of talking about what actually happened yesterday was the guy playing quarterback cost you the football game. Period. And I get it. We don't want to say that because two reasons. One, either we really like Tyler Huntley or some of us just want to acknowledge the fact that he, he's not the guy that's supposed to be there. So when I say it, I'm not mad at him because this is what happens when a backup quarterback plays in the NFL. This isn't 1998. You can't just toss anyone out there, run the ball and play defense and win. The Ravens can't, well, yes, actually, they ran the ball a little bit, which was a weird bit, but a little bit. In the NFL in 2021, now 2022, you have to have extremely high-level quarterback play. And Tyler Huntley can't do that, at least not. To, I mean, maybe there's some world where Tyler Huntley down the road becomes a high-level NFL quarterback. I mean, the, uh, as, as Ben Parker used to say, and apparently Adidas is now saying, impossible is nothing. Maybe that could happen. But that's not what he is. And we lost our minds because we didn't like the Ravens losing. So we wanted to feel as though we could replace the Ravens losing with something else. Yeah, but they've discovered something in Tyler Huntley. They're still, yes, after that game, I still watch people tweet it. Well, yeah, but maybe they could trade him for a draft pick in the offseason. Well, they could if you want to take a fifth-round pick for him. And not have a backup quarterback. They're not going to do that. It's absurd. They need to have a backup quarterback, and Tyler Huntley is proving himself to be a decent option for a backup quarterback as long as he doesn't have to play very long. Because after a little while, the more teams see of him, the more they realize he's not a threat to throw the ball downfield. I, I like Tyler Huntley. God, this all, I hate doing this because it sounds like I'm taking shots. At I like Tyler Huntley but we've been so impractical about what he is. It's on us. It's not on him. It's on us for thinking he was more than that. And even me, and e I'm even one of the more reasonable types, and yet I was one that was like 57 seconds left with the ball and a timeout, and all you need is get to Justin Tucker's range. I thought the game was won, forgetting that it was Tyler Huntley who was playing quarterback. It's still inexcusable. I'm not trying to give him a total pass. It's inexcusable that he would throw the ball four yards underneath in the middle of the field on back-to-back -back plays. There's no excusing that. I, I don't – you can't do that in college. And Tyler Huntley was a high-level college quarterback. That doesn't stop the clock. At least in college, if you were throwing it past the sticks, 
you could say, hey, that's the difference because they can stop the clock when they get a first down in the middle of the field. No one in that situation can throw. You have to throw the ball away. Throw it away. You can't throw the ball in the middle of the field for four yards on back-to-back plays when you get the ball back at your own 25-yard line with 57 seconds left to play. That's how you lose. And I get it. It's more fun to blame John Harbaugh or it's more fun to blame Greg Roman or whoever you want to blame because you guys have decided you like Tyler Huntley, so you don't want to blame him. But in the same way that the people that decided they like Lamar Jackson had to be willing to blame him for his performance. Now everybody, of course, blames Lamar Jackson. Now it's very in vogue. You've got to blame the guy that played. There's no, that can't happen. It can't. Somebody would say, well, why is, why is Mark Andrews even standing at that point of the field if you can't do that? Because if he's uncovered, if they're covering, if they're willing to give the Ravens that, then he might have a chance to get out of bounds. But they weren't. They had him covered. They protected him from being able to catch the ball there and still get out of bounds. So you can't throw that ball. Period. It cannot be thrown. You must throw it into the ground. The clock running in that situation is far worse than losing a down. And whoever's playing quarterback, if you're in the NFL, you can't do that. We, the bummer is obviously that it's over, right? Like, as I said before, yes, there's this mathematical Im- damn near impossibility of these five other things happen that the Ravens could still be alive. Like the Jags beating the Colts. Yes. That could, that could as people have pointed out, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014, which is weird. It like, is weird. it's very weird. <coughs> I don't. I haven't paid that close of attention, and like I know the Jaguars were decent in there for a couple of years, but not for all of them. Not for all of those years. Just a weird anomaly the way that that's worked out. But hey, no worries. They're only like 16 point favorites or something like that. Like, you know, they they probably have that covered. Look, it's it's not going to happen. It's it's over. And they can't obviously approach it that way this week. This thing where people are like, well, you know, this means there's no way that Lamar Jackson plays. Well, frankly, based on what we saw last week, based on the fact that they went, let him go out there, test it, he looked terrible, and it, it was pretty clear that it, it was not something that could be fixed with a pain pill, and they didn't let him practice the rest of the week, I think you got your answer as to whether or not he's going to play again this season. I don't think it would matter if the game mattered this week. I don't think he was going to play. Based on what, how, how that played out last week, we probably got our answer. But internally, the Ravens can't operate this week as though it's over. They still have to go out and try. Like, they're still going to put their players on the field that they have, the few of them that they have. They'll put them out on the field, and they'll try. And what were the two games that were announced for Saturday? One of them's the the Philly, Philly-Dallas, right? Yeah, that's, was a, that's for Saturday. And Kansas and City was the other one. Kansas City, was that Denver? So that doesn't it, affect, it, it, yeah. yeah. So there's no way that they can know before they play. That, 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 and that's the idea. What the NFL has been trying to do, that's why it's so weird they're doing this doubleheader on Saturday. Um, they've been trying to make sure that all of the games that impact each other are being played at the exact same time, which I think ultimately is costing CBS a doubleheader next week because like, all of the AFC games impact each other or something like mm-hmm. that. Like they, they can't put another game on at 425. So all of the games are going to kick off at 1. So they won't know. Now, they're going to know but they won't actually
actually know. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, they, they know. Everybody in the building, like, they all have the internet. They know how this works. They're realistic about it, but they still have to try during the course of the week. They still have to, to give it an attempt. And if, for example, the Steelers win tonight, then they'll also be trying to ruin the Steelers' season. They would, they would love that. I mean, the, again, the Steelers will probably be eliminated by something else that occurs on Sunday, but they can help in that process. They're going to go try, and they're going to play a football game, and they're going to do everything in their power, and it's not going to make us feel all that much better if they win the game, but at least they will have beat the Steelers, particularly if it ends up being Ben Roethlisberger's final game, right? Like, we'll have that going for us, which I guess is nice. What a crazy, crazy season. The two favorites in the AFC North, the Ravens and the Browns. The Browns are already eliminated. The, the Ravens are basically eliminated, and the season isn't even over yet. It, these were the teams that were... Like the Browns were on, on paper were Super Bowl champions. You know what I mean? The Ravens, if without the injuries, but it's just been a, such a crazy year because of COVID and because of the injuries, and it's just been nuts. Well, I mean, I, I I've always thought the the Browns stuff was absurd. I've never every year that that like the people and the national media have portrayed the Browns as being some sort of Super Bowl candidate mm-hmm. has always been like they've never done anything that justified that. Like they. They they were okay a year ago. They were pretty good a year ago, and they won a playoff game, which is miraculous for the for the Browns. But I've never understood that. Like we've all watched the same Baker Mayfield. Like we've right. all seen the same thing. There's there's never been a moment where we were like, man, that guy's as good as the best quarterbacks in football. Like we've never that's never been a thing. So I've, that's always been befuddling to me. If the Ravens had a full season of an MVP caliber Lamar Jackson, which at the halfway point of the season they did, they might still be in the Super Bowl conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I despite all of the all of the litany of other issues they dealt with, probably not. That stuff probably would have caught up with them at some point, but they'd be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean if Lamar Jackson kept playing at the level that he'd been playing at the halfway point of the season, well they'd definitely be in the playoffs. I mean they mm-hmm. they'd be They'd be one of the favorites because they would have had an MVP caliber quarterback. And if you have an MVP caliber quarterback, you're going to be one of the teams everybody thinks has a chance. That's the reality of the way that this thing works. And even without Lamar, three losses by one point and two lo- and one loss oh, by man, two points man. I mean, that's, in, which in a five-game stretch. Which, which, is, which is just it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's, 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 it remains crazy. It remains nuts. Um, but I, just, I, I won't understand anger. Look, do I wish that John Harbaugh would have – seen that there was a delay of game that was about to happen and would have gotten a timeout in? Of course I do. Do I think that there's got to be more of a complication to that story based on Tyler Huntley saying that he thought there was still a second left on the clock? Like, I, there's something, there's some sort of disconnect there. And I don't know what it is, and it hasn't been fully explained to me, and maybe it's something John Harbaugh will address today, but there seems to be some sort of disconnect in terms of what was seen and I don't know exactly what that is. But do I wish that they wouldn't, you know, do I wish they wouldn't have uh, lost five yards in that situation with a chance to ice the game away? Absolutely. Am I confident that they would have converted it? Had they not? Not at all, based on the things that I had seen. Uh, Andy, I think we as a fan base are disappointed in the season. Disappointment gets manifested by anger sometimes. I'm cool with the way things went, I guess. But when you think about what could have been, on the whole, disappointment I get, Andy. 1,000% I get disappointment. What could have been, 100%. Anger? 
I just don't get anger. I, you have to be able to separate yourself from reality in order to be angry about it. Who are you angry at? The litany of players that got hurt? The, the, like, what is the anger towards? And that's the part I haven't understood. And I'm not going to understand it. And other than to say, I think some of it is just the nature of fandom, I guess. Like if Paul says, hey, yesterday I was angry because it was happening, it was in front of me, and then I was able to sit and think and I realized it's absurd to be angry. Yeah, okay, that, then I can, I can kind of deal with that. But if you're still angry today, if you still think that somebody should be fired because 20 guys are missing this season, get a hold of yourself. Like, seek help. I keep saying, seek help. You have a bigger problem. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. This man was on the call for yesterday's game. Always appreciate Adam Amin taking some time for us here on GCR. Adam, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, my man. Thank you for doing this, and Happy New Year to you, my friend. Glenn and Paul. Boys, great to talk to you. I, I do have to laugh, though, because that was an incredible segue to the Mobile One. That, that is, that is, I, I hope people listening appreciate the professional level of segue yeah. that we just heard, because you don't get them like that all the time. I'm telling yeah, they you, didn't, that was impressive. They don't pay me to lose my mind. They pay me to try to be a professional, and then, you know, I do my best. I do my, as, as you know, having done a million of these reads over the years, you know exactly how it works. Adam, I assume you understand what I'm talking. Like, there's this weird thing where people know what happened in Baltimore this season. We all know. We all watched it. They didn't have their quarterback. They didn't have a secondary. They didn't have any running backs. Like, they, they, we watched this all season, and yet still somehow they feel like there's somebody to blame for all of this. Instead of just saying, "Hey, this is probably what's going to happen when you lose half of your team as the season goes on." Yeah, the circumstances have a lot to do with the level of success or lack thereof on the field, depending on your perspective. It's just going to, it's going to, that, that's how it is. You know, this is a physical league where physicality takes its toll. So injuries are going to be a problem, as we've seen for Lamar. And then in the current state of affairs, the current era that we're in, that we're dealing with testing and, and all that, like, that's, that's going to happen. And, and the, the Ravens got hit harder than most teams over the course of, you know, an 18 week schedule. And, it's you can be frustrated. Frustration is a perfectly normal feeling to feel because you want better right. for the people that you care about. You right. know, fans care about their team. They want better for them. So it's natural and understandable and human to be frustrated by it. To be angry at somebody or to try to find a scapegoat on the current roster or coaching staff or front office, that's a little bit harder for me to to buy into. And I, I'm guessing that's what you, you're kind of alluding to right now. Yeah. because. I mean, listen, Tyler Huntley is an undrafted free agent who most people did not take a look at in the NFL to put on their roster. And the guy got you down to the wire to, what, three out of the four games? Or, you know, three, three games, two games in the last four weeks, whatever it is, yeah. last week against, or the, yeah, no, he, against yeah, and he didn't, right, he didn't, the, the only one that was lopsided was the one he didn't play, right? Like, all the other yeah. ones were close. Did it against Green Bay, you saw him, you know, against Cleveland, he performed well uh, when Lamar went out, like, these are all games that were winnable with an undrafted free agent. Mike Glennon got paid $18 million one year by an NFL franchise, <laughs> the same franchise that he played against yesterday, and generated three points, like, there's a lot of backup quarterbacks out there. If we're just using backup QB, 
as a gauge for it. There's a lot of backup quarterbacks out there that probably don't have a whole lot of business playing in the NFL right now. And Tyler Huntley was undrafted, and yet this front office took a shot at him, and here he is at least putting you into position to try to win football games against, frankly, superior teams. I, I so did, yeah. I, I, I think this front office, John, John Harbaugh, the coaching staff, I give them a lot of credit. Now, does it matter in the long run if they miss out on the playoffs after being 8-3? No. You'll, you will have full right to be frustrated and angry as a fan, but to try to find a scapegoat in this particular season with the way things have gone, it's just very hard for me to be able to it's do absurd. that. It's absurd. It's absurd. We know what happened. It's a bummer, right? And, like, you know, I think people are still mad about John Harbaugh going for two when he did as if that wasn't the best thing he could possibly do to try to win those football games. I mean, it's just there's a lot of revisionist history that's involved in these conversations, Adam. There's a lot of, hey, if you just go for two against Aaron Rodgers, you'll win that football game. Sure. Sure, you, you know, if, if you go to overtime with Aaron Rodgers, you're probably in a great place to win that football game. Or if you give him the ball back with 42 seconds left and all he's got to do is march down into field goal range, you probably win that football game, right? I think he had a great chance of that. It's just revisionist history, man. It's the, you know. It's, and, and, every, and every fan base is, is guilty of it at some point or another. And, again, that's because it's hard not to look at your team through a certain lens. Right. And that's the point. That is how you're supposed – like, that, that's one thing I want people to realize. Like, anger and frustration are two very different things. Frustration is supposed to come with being a fan. When you invest in something like this that is as volatile as sports are, you're going to feel frustration at various times. That's part of the territory. And I actually, like, kind of like when fans embrace it. They embrace that in Chicago, and it makes for entertainment for people like me who don't necessarily have the same level of investment or don't feel the same connectivity to the dog in the fight. But... Like, I don't want people to get legitimately angry at individuals when it's not really necessary. It's not putting – and, by the way, the season's not over. The Dolphins helped you out in a big, big way. And I know a million things feel like they have to happen on Sunday. But they're not eliminated yet. They're not eliminated from the playoffs. Somehow, some way, yeah. against the aging Ben Roethlisberger, there's still an opportunity to win a game. Yeah. And maybe lightning strikes. And I think in the overall scheme of things – it's easier to look at it that way and be like, I can't believe we're even in position to do this without Lamar Jackson, right. without Marlon Humphrey, without Anthony Averett, without you know LJ Fort, without a bunch of guys who probably should have been playing or the expectation was that they'd be playing a lot more than they have this year. Adam Amin is with us uh, after calling yesterday's game for Fox. Adam, the, the one thing, and again, I, I say this as someone, everything you just said about Tyler Huntley, 100% true. It's remarkable, right? He's, he's proven he should have been drafted. He's proven that you know, he's he's better than a lot of the guys that are in backup roles, and he's probably going to have a chance to stick around in the league for, for a while because of it. But I do think that conversation got carried away a little bit in, in recent weeks, and people were comparing him to Lamar Jackson, which I thought was offensive to Lamar Jackson, who's literally a unanimous MVP in the NFL. Um, and, and I thought that yesterday was maybe a reminder of, okay, I, as exciting as it is and as much as you know Tyler Huntley has outperformed any reasonable expectation, we got to stop getting carried away with the, Hey, the Ravens could just, you know, let Lamar Jackson go and be just as good with Tyler Huntley. Some of that stuff that we had been hearing percolate in the last few weeks, I think yesterday was a reminder of why that was kind of absurd. Yeah, let, let's break the, uh, a couple of those down because there is some validity and I think there's, there's some extremism with, with these conversations. I think the comparisons between Tyler Huntley and Lamar Jackson are apt in a lot of ways. But where is the difference? Where do you see the difference? Do you want to know where it is? 
the Jordan Fuller interception yesterday mm-hmm. is where the difference is. Mm-hmm. Because Lamar is one of the best deep ball throwers I've seen in the last five years. Remember, I covered it. We've talked about this before. When I covered him at Louisville, yep. it was a flick of the wrist 70-yarder. Like, the guy just has a, a – I love his arm. I love Lamar's arm. The – Deep ball that he threw, I think it was to Hollywood Brown to try to connect on a deep shot. I can't remember for sure. It might have been Bateman, too. But it was the underthrown ball that Jordan Fuller just kind of angled off to the sideline and easily intercepted. Yeah, it was Brown, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was Brown, right? Okay, so, like, that's where the difference was. Because if that's Lamar, that's a 50-50 ball at worst. And it's an opportunity for Brown to connect on a deep shot. So there is one difference right there physically. It manifested itself on the field. If you want to make the comparison that they have similar enough sensibilities that make the offense easier to run with uh, Tyler in there rather than Lamar, or at the very least, they don't have to change a whole lot in terms of play calling, then yeah, that's right. a fair comparison. Right Now, if you, want, if you want to discuss, is Lamar Jackson, based on his health, based on some of the numbers dipping a little bit the last two years, is it worth the... 35 million or 40 million, maybe 50 million dollars, probably you're paying him in 2022 and probably 2023 as a franchise, uh, if you put the franchise tag on him, because that's going to be about 27 to 33 million dollars. So in the next two years, because you've already exercised the fifth year option, you're essentially committing 50 million dollars to Lamar Jackson. And if you want to have the debate whether that's worth it based on some of the track record over the last two years after the MVP season, it's a fair and valid debate to have, but make sure those are the frame. That's the framework in which you're operating. But let's not say that look, you're going to get the same thing out of Tyler Huntley that you're going to get from Lamar Jackson. That is a classic case of you get what you pay for. And if you pay Tyler Huntley three million bucks a year to be the essentially the Jacoby Brissett of your team after Andrew Luck decided he didn't want to play. Like, like the situation we saw in Indianapolis, that's fine. You can justify that financially, but are you? let's not pretend that you're going to get the exact same value that you get from Lamar Jackson because those two or three wins that you get from Lamar are probably worth about the $30 million bucks. The, uh, you know, $35 million bucks that's going to be the difference between those two guys. It's so funny to me, Adam, because like, I, I'm the guy that I, – I, I, stop telling me about how much it costs to have a quarterback. Tell, tell me what the cost is of not having a quarterback, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's my eternal I, – I get it. you got to draft – and we, we know this in Baltimore better than a lot of places. In Baltimore, everybody likes to blame Joe Flacco for what happened to the Ravens and his contract, except for the fact they ignore the fact that for five years the Ravens stopped drafting. Like, the team that had been yeah. the best team in the history of drafting stopped doing it and started drafting Matt Elam – and Terrence Brooks and Arthur Brown, and everybody's like, ah, it's Joe Flacco's con-. You're going to have to hit with your draft picks. Like, that's the way it's going to work when you pay your quarterback. But I know the cost of not having a quarterback, and it's no one succeeds with that. Like, that doesn't happen in the NFL in 2021, 2022 now. Like, you cannot win without a quarterback. So, yeah, it hurts to have to pay him a lot of your salary cap. Like, that, that's a bummer. I don't like – I don't love doing it. I'd rather pay him $10 million bucks. I would vastly prefer that. But it ain't an option. And I know that the cost – the cost of not having the guy is far greater than the cost of having the guy and having to pay him. Uh, that, that's what it seems like, especially – because the cost of not having him – means that we stop talking about the Ravens in week 13. So, like, that's that's where the difference is, that you stop paying attention, we stop caring, and we stop talking about them as if they're a relevant piece in the playoff puzzle. And, and right now, because they've had Lamar most of the year, 
or they have a quarterback of that caliber. And and don't get, and obviously right. a lot of you know a lot of pieces on the offensive end, but because they have a Lamar Jackson and they're in position to at least have made the playoffs this year, that's a conversation that you can still have in Week 18. Whereas if you don't have him all year, let's say Tyler Huntley is making his 18th start right. uh, next week against Pittsburgh, maybe you guys are sitting at six and you know 11 right now rather than eight and eight. Right, and again, no disrespect to Tyler Huntley at all, who. It's it's remarkable. He's undrafted. It's incredible. But we got to be realistic about it. You you have to have a realistic conversation about it altogether, and it's just not one. So so you're you're still. By the way, you, you, it sounds like you're still saying there's a chance, and I'm not I'm not buying it. That there's no way the Indianapolis Colts are losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Obviously, like I there, it's just too. It's a lot to ask. Now, can it happen? Sure. But Indianapolis is going to throw everything they have at it too. That's it's just it's just the yep. luck of the draw. Yep. Where you know this is the team that has your fate in its hands over the course of uh you know three hours on Sunday. So yeah, it, it, do I expect it to happen? No, of course not. But it, at the very least, it's a possibility. And the fact that you're in position to do this based on what's happened in the last six weeks is kind of remarkable in and of itself. Where is your season wrapping up, man? You know, you know what's funny? Like this is what's great about uh, working. You know what we what we do. We still don't know. Oh, are you see, because they were no waiting way, for the schedule. Yeah, all right. No waiting on the schedule. So here's my guess. Okay. I, I'm hoping that we're in one of three games: either Seattle, Arizona, Los Angeles, San Francisco, or New Orleans, Atlanta. That's my hope is because those are the three games that have something to do with the NFL sure. playoffs. Sure. Sure. So yeah. Wait. Wait. It's way. Man, and I'm sure you've done some of those games, like in recent years, where you get to the end of the year and you've got to try to convince someone of why it is they're watching the yeah, game. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, guys, listen. The, the other score is this, and if that holds right. and things change here, we still got a shot to yeah. change the. But it can be so much. Four to, four to three, you, whatever it is. Where you, know? you can get the the Bears Seahawks, right? Like, which on paper going into the year, you're like, oh, I'm getting to see Russell Wilson. You get to the game and you're like, oh god, like there is well, just but no. But you're like, hey. But if Seattle wins right. and three other games, right. this then they're still out, alive. Then the seeding goes from five to four, everybody. Oh, my God. Huge game that we're calling uh, right I certainly have not done it at your – you know, I do a lot of play-by-play around here. And I, when I, whenever, I, whenever I teach play-by-play, one of the first things I say is in, the, in your – you have to set up why it is that it matters that you're watching the game to the point where if you have to, you have to lie. Like, you just oh, have yeah. to lie. Oh, yeah. you, we're, selling, we're selling hard. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, but in all honesty, this week in the NFC, there's at least a little bit of direct connectivity. Sure. You know, like the, the games that are tough in the final week of the season are the ones where you're like, all right, this score plus three other ones. You know, for for the NFC this week, it's basically, you know, they're playing all these games at the same time. They're all in the late window. It's if the Rams win, they, they win the division and they get the two seed. If the Rams lose and the and the Cardinals win, then the Cardinals win the division. Like that, those two games have major impact. The 49ers, obviously, that game is huge because they need to win to make the playoffs. And if they lose, now all of a sudden we're looking at New Orleans possibly making it. So there's a lot there, – there are some direct connects. And that's what – if you're going to do games like that, that's what you're hoping for. And for the most part, at least in the NFC – that's what's happening in those three games right now. Uh, he doesn't tweet anymore. It, that's over. But you can still follow him on Instagram, at Adam Amin. Hey, you guys did a really great job with the Madden stuff yesterday, by the way. And, like, it was league-wide. It's not just you guys and you and Greg. But 
everybody. I mean, that was that was that was spectacular. I mean, just a spectacular job by the Fox and and everybody on every network. Man, it was. Yeah. You know, for for someone who lived such a unique American life and meant so much to to so many people, man, it was so cool the way that the, that everybody kind of came together to make yesterday's broadcast all about John Madden, man. That, that was awesome. You know, and and if had had the game not been as close and as fun as it was, we we probably would have done a little bit more of a yeah. deep dive. Obviously, you know, seventy seven yep. close to the post, yep. now, you know, it's right down you know five miles from M and T Bank, you know, over at Memorial. It's one of the greatest games in. NFL playoff history, and John was on the sidelines for that, and you know the, the Kenny Stabler to Dave Casper, and I think it was a double overtime. I think it's still one of yeah, the we, five we, longest. We still don't like NFL talking history. about it in Baltimore, Adam. I'm, you can, you can, you can, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, and again, like you know, it's, and it's and it's incredible to think, like man, that's forty-five years almost now right. at this point. Like it's it's wild to even think that much time has passed since John was roaming the sidelines. But that's the that's a half a century of impact that the guy made after coaching, and you know, Greg and I. You know, being in our mid-30s, we talked about just, uh, we learned football from John Madden, playing video games, and you ask Patrick Mahomes now, or Lamar Jackson now, or any, you know, Joe Burrow now, or Kyler Murray talked about it with us a couple weeks ago. He remembers playing Madden and learning how to read defenses. Justin Fields did that. Like, these guys who are playing quarterback now that are the young, exciting crop of players, they learned how I learned about football and it was either watching games that John was calling with Pat Summerall or you know in later years Al Michaels or it was playing the video game and I don't know how many Madden tournaments we had in our dorm wing at Valpo and I'm sure Greg had a bunch (laughs) of Miami too but that's how we learned this game and and the impact in in all three of those phases no question no question Adam Amin really appreciate you man happy new year to you hopefully you get a Maryland game or something at some point and we'll have another excuse to chat with you down the road really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning as always my man thanks boys appreciate you Adam Amin checking in with us here on GCR after he called Ravens Rams for Fox yesterday and um you know, I, I don't. I really don't think there is a debate, but I get what he's saying, which is just position it the right way. Don't try to make it about Tyler Huntley. Hey, sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. We'll come back in, and Le'Ron McLean is going to join us. We'll talk more about the Ravens, some other stuff going on. It's GCR. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back. 
back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Once again this season, Pressbox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash Sports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com Slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day. Every game day presented by Glory Days Grill. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. It is a Monday edition of the program. It's been a long time since we caught up with our next guest. He was always one of my favorites to cover, man. I loved our conversations with this dude, and um, it's, he's now in kind of this world. He's a podcaster now. He's going to tell us all about that. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the show former Raven, all pro, Mr. Le'Ron McLean is with us here on GCR. Le'Ron, it's Glenn and Paul. It's good to catch up with you again, man. Happy New Year. Thank you for taking the time for us. Man, happy New Year, happy New Year, man. God bless the both of y'all, man. How y'all doing today? Everything is good, dude. It's great to catch up with you. I get, let me start with that. It's been too long, man. Tell me about you, your world, where you're at, and, and how you ended up becoming a podcaster at this point in your life. Oh, man. Um, I'm down down in, my home, I'm down in uh, Alabama, you know what I'm saying, enjoying the uh, victories. I uh, just want to say road time to the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that's going on with us. There, but man, I'm just, I'm really just relaxing, man. I uh, launched my nonprofit down here in my hometown, uh, the Leron McLean Family Foundation, you know what I'm saying, taking care of uh, disadvantaged families, you know what I'm saying, some, uh, a thing that me and my family counted on, you know what I'm saying, services, you know what I'm saying, for us when I was a, when I was a kid, so starting with that, and uh, the podcast, you know, really just came, came about, you know, from my co-host, Ben Hall, he just reached out to me in the DM, and I was looking for an opportunity to uh with everything I have going on down here. I'm also in the trucking business also. Okay. Where everything I have going on there with, with my few businesses and uh my foundation. Uh I wanna just do a podcast where I can just record each week and man I can have somebody that can, you know, throw it up, get the content up and everything. So, you know, when he reached out to me, man, uh I was excited I was excited for it and 
I couldn't pass the uh, opportunity up. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. It's the I Formation podcast, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. As uh, you guys, you, like you focus mostly on the Ravens, correct? Yeah, we, it, it's pretty much it's pretty much uh, all NFL content. We we cover a lot of teams, but Ravens pretty much we we break it down in like four quarters. And Ravens pretty much be our first quarter. We talk about something with the Ravens with the first quarter uh, uh, each show. So just to keep our fans, because we, I mean, he, he grew up a Ravens fan. Like he was like, it's so crazy. Like he's only he's uh, he's twenty one. So he Jeez. was when I was playing. He was like what he was like yeah. eleven years yeah, old. Right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So child, he was man. like, I was a big fan. So it's just so crazy. You, you get uh, perspective from you know what I'm saying a younger fan than a guy that played. You know what I'm saying about the Ravens. We, cool. we try not to be biased, but. Like we had a, we had a question the other day on our Twitter about uh, who would you take between you know uh, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and and that one blew up it blew up on us man that thing we had to, we had to turn the notifications off Yo. everybody was going at us <laughs> Look, I mean Joe Burrow is really good bro like he's really good yeah. man like you can't. You know, I know everybody was making fun of the fact that they were celebrating against a you know a fifth string secondary the Ravens played well you know they've looked pretty good yesterday too Joe Burrow's really good I, I you know I, I'm I'm biased yeah. right I can't I can't ignore that I'm biased I, I like both <laughs> I think it sets up that those two teams going after each other for the next ten years could be that, really that's fun. What I, I say I say that also man just gonna be a great AFC North man gonna be very competitive because I know we. We had our full, you know what I'm saying, had our full thing and everything. Everything would have been a little bit different, you know what I'm saying, in that second game. I know they, they had a big game in that first game against them, but, you know, uh, just got to get the feel of them, man. The guy, the guy be locked in, man. Oh, I said, Joe Burry, a different breed, I feel, uh, especially the game he had yesterday, you know what I'm saying, showing up, had an opportunity to um, bring the team back. There's no doubt, man. There's no doubt about it. All right, LeBron McLean is with us. Again, you can check out the I-Formation podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Le'Ron, with that being said, you bring up Lamar Jackson. Um, I, you know, I'll let I'll let you tackle this because it was just posted again. <laughs> there are people that are concerned about what they saw from Lamar Jackson for four games. You know, before he he got hurt, and I get that, right? Like he didn't look good mm-hmm. against the Blitz. He looked really bad against the Blitz in moments. I mean, like the, the Browns game was mm-hmm. a disaster against the Blitz, and yes. I'm I, I'm concerned about it. But this is still Lamar Jackson that we're talking about. And and the people that are trying to pretend as though the Lamar Jackson story is those four games and ignore everything else we've seen from Lamar Jackson, I, I don't get that at all. Um, where are you with Lamar Jackson knowing, you know, he's in line to become, like, generationally wealthy here in, in a little bit based on what we've seen from him of late? Like, I, I just need everybody. I mean, if his angle, uh, for one thing, if his angle's not messed up, he's on the field right now. You know what I'm saying? Probably winning, probably winning a few. You know what I'm saying? Games. You know what I'm saying? For us, it'd be it'd be different. I just want to say I, I know a, a competitor, a competitor like him. I know he's trying to get his trying trying his best to get back on that field. And people don't understand. You know, I, I can speak on having ankle injuries. Them ankles and nothing to play with. I played with them my whole time at the Ravens. I remember one time against the Cleveland Browns. I sprained both of my ankles on on one play. You know what I'm saying? High ankle sprain. So. Like the angle, the angle, the angle business, especially with everything that Lamar do is different. I know, you know what I'm saying, against the blitz in a few games, you know what I'm saying? I was a little frustrated as well, just looking at it. Like, why we, why we, <laughs> why we can't go max protect, protect it up, you know what I'm saying? Three man route, two man route, do something, you know what I'm saying, to help him out, you know what I'm saying? That's just my, my opinion on that. So I just can't wait till you get back, you know, I, just, I can't wait till, you, you know what I'm saying, if you, if you come back, if you come back, you know what I'm saying, or not in his last game. Hope we do, you know what I'm saying, to show up 
But you know, you can't you can't just uh you can't give up on the guy with all he's been doing for you know in his, his organization so far. You don't have any trep- trepidation, right, about the idea of the Ravens paying him a whole boatload of money? Man, to- they, they, I mean, he deserves it. I mean, he didn't prove he didn't prove he didn't prove his worth. If he's not, I mean, listen, if he if his ankle is good right now, he'd be on the field proving you know what I'm saying what it works. I know it was rough. You know what I'm saying? The few, I know it was rough. I'm, I'm looking back on those games right now in my head with with uh, with the blitz, especially against, uh, like you said, against the Browns. You know, but I, I think it was it's opportunities for them also to put him in better situations. So, you know, understanding who who you got at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So that's the main thing. You just got to understand your players and, and just put them in the best position also to uh, to win. I, I coach. I coach. Uh, I, I, I coach. I coach seven to eight year olds down here. Okay. In my whole town. So this is my first year, like like running like a full team. So it's just even understanding, even like breaking it down to the little league level. You just got to understand the players that you have. You know what I'm saying? To put them in the best best positions. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be going going protection, and and you know they going all out blitz. And you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be going like you know what I'm saying five man protection. I I stack it up. I'm going to match it up and, and put plays on his, on his back that, you know what I'm saying, for him, man. He's been doing his thing, man. He, 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 show, he showed he can do both. He can throw the ball. That, that's that's why I was so, you know what I'm saying, proud, just happy with this year. Like, you know what I'm saying, the way he was throwing the ball, standing in the pocket, doing his thing, you know what I'm saying, and, and still could get loose with it, with it with his legs, you know. So, man, I'm, 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 excited, about, I'm excited about the future, man. I, I think they should, you know, you know, whoever over whoever over that payroll, man, do what you got to do. <laughs> man, look, you and I are in agreement on this, Le'Ron. Like, we are in total agreement on this, man. You got a quarterback, you roll with it. Like, you man, saw, you roll. You, yeah, you figure everything else out after that. Like, you start with have a good quarterback. Le'Ron McClain. Like, go ahead. Because, like, what, like where, 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 they, where would they go? Where, where would they go to? You know what I'm saying? Where they, like, would they go, like, oh, we're not going to pay them and go cheaper with, you know what I'm saying, huh? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, like, where would they go with it? Would they go in the draft on somebody? Yeah, yeah. Like, who's coming out in the draft that you think that's going to be better than Joe Burrow? You know what I'm saying? Uh, whoever Pittsburgh right. will get next year. Right. You know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh had to get a quarterback. Then Johnny Manziel. I mean, not Johnny Manziel. I mean, uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. <laughs> that is a funny faux pas, my bro. That is a very funny faux pas to make when talking about that, dude. All right. Um, so, so what do you make about the complaints towards Greg Roman? Then, what do you make about mm, you know this this offense needs to change? You can't just keep trying to be the thing that you've been in the past. You got to be something else moving forward. Man, just just with, man, it, it goes back to like I said, just understanding your players, just having more, you know, saying more in your more in your more in your uh in your in your chamber, you know, saying more more clips in your chamber ready to, you know what I'm saying, a low, you know what I'm saying, your offense. I just feel like a lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying, a lot of a lot of stuff is, you know what I'm saying, the term, but what's I mean, Mark like Mark uh, like the tight end man, he's leading the league, you yeah. know what I'm saying? He's catching Mark a lot Andrews, of balls. Yeah. And people know that we're going to the tight end and they still can't stop it. So his scheme or something that he's doing on offense is working. You know what I'm saying? They still try to stop the like like in the game, like the game yesterday like uh against the Rams, like I just found out we could have we could have ran it out we could have ran it down their throat just with the scheme. Don't matter who you put in there, I think the scheme would been good. You know, so imagine if we was fully loaded with what they did yesterday, like what they did yesterday. They probably we probably would have routed. They probably would have routed the Rams uh, yesterday. You know, what I'm saying by big because the Rams would be getting you know saying all them opportunities like when we got the um, the ball back. So I feel like his scheme is good. I think the scheme is good because each each and every week our tight end is eating. You know what I'm saying? Our quarterback is getting plays. How you just put Tyler Hunter in, and he's still, he's making plays, you know what I'm saying, better decisions. 
you know what I'm saying, and making his decisions and everything. So I feel like his scheme is good, you know what I'm saying. I, I would never say I, I just don't understand how that how that business go, you know. So when people get fired, right, man, you, right. you, you ain't only firing him, you know. So the man got a whole family taking care of it. Uh, so I never, I never say a guy need to lose his uh, job or anything, you know. Saying so for play calling because I never been in his position to, you know, saying kind of place. I know, it's, I know it's tough. I know it's tough, you know. What I'm saying you, you <laughs> like having a guy like a guy like Lamar in there, then with the weapons that you have, you know, what I'm saying just trying to. Do everything, but I think the scheme is good. I, 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 I like. I love the scheme. Like on the fourth down play, they ran, and they run the they run the fullback in motion. Yep. And they snapped it on the run, and, and did the, the quarterback like uh super great, that. I think that, that, that was that was dope. Like you yep. play, they 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 put down down in the round. They pulled the guard backside guard, and the fullback lead block. That was a that's a dope scheme. I ain't never seen a, like like you know what I'm saying doing it like that. So that's part of his like you know what I'm saying scheme evolving and everything. So. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just think the scheme is good. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's a, you know, you know, Harbaugh going to make the calls. I think Harbaugh, like I say on my show all the time, Harbaugh is one of the best, you know, state coaches I've ever been around. I think he's a great leader, a great leader of organization. So I know he got the right pieces, you know what I'm saying, around him, you know what I'm saying, with can the coaches-wise. You, you, you know what I'm saying? They'd be on the same level he's on. Le'Ron, can you tell me more about it? It's funny because, you know, we lost John Madden last week, right? And, yeah. and I had one of his former players, Raymond Chester, was on the show. He's a Baltimore native, and he played for John Madden in Oakland. And he was talking about how, like, look, John Madden was not the greatest X's and O's coach in football history. What he was was this incredible communicator. And I heard mm-hmm. him talk, and I'm not trying to compare John Harbaugh to John Madden, right, because John Madden was a – a comedian, right? Like he was, he yeah. was a personality and John Harbaugh's not necessarily that, but we talked after we had this conversation, I was like, man, I, I hear a little bit that reminds me of John Harbaugh. Can you explain to me as we, John Harbaugh's not the X's and O's guy necessarily, but can you yeah. explain to me why it is that he's been so successful in getting what this season they've lost 20 guys and yet they're still Thank out you. there every week yeah. competing. How does that happen? Why do guys <laughs> buy into John Harbaugh so much? Man, I, I believe just, just, just the atmosphere, the atmosphere he sets in that building, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it just feels like, like family and everything. When people say grass ain't always green on the other side, it's not because, you know, being with the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, nothing against them two organizations. It just wasn't the feel, you know what I'm saying, with Harbaugh. But I just, like I said on my show, Yo, I say Harbaugh like is leading a guy. Like he got twenty one, he got all, over twenty players on our. You know what I'm saying? And his team is still coming out here competing each and every week. You know what I'm saying? That's not only you uh, the next man up. That's leadership because he he could get his his mind could be like, oh my god, like this is one of the worst. You know what I'm saying? Seasons of injuries I've right. had. You know right. what I'm saying? He probably put that on his back. Like, what am I doing wrong? Or what the strength coach is doing wrong? Anything? But. He just got that that mentality, you know what I'm saying, uh, that great leadership. And that probably goes up to his father. You can see his brother doing his thing, too, also, you know what I'm saying, wherever he goes. But I just think he's a great leader, man. He's a great leader of men, you know what I'm saying, great leader of men. You know, he probably – you don't do he don't do the offense. He don't do the defense. But I know he know it, you know what I'm saying, the special teams. And then he got one of the best special team coaches that been with him, I think, since he's since he, since he been well, in the uh, Baltimore. But, you know, Jerry's gone now, actually. Jerry retired oh, a couple gone, years ago. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, Jerry – well, Jerry retired. He just he just said, "I'm I'm good, right?" Like I'm. Yeah, he, yeah, he been. He like, but 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 he like he was with the Ravens for so Forever, long. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Yeah, yeah, and then that that uh, you know what I'm saying that was the guy. He put he put. I think he put the right coaches. I think he put the right coaches. Yeah, you know what I'm saying around on his staff. You know what I'm saying they had the same mentality. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Good man, good coach man. He just know how to lead. People can say they. I know they work hard. You know what I'm saying they're tough. You can see it every week, each and every week. When you play the Ravens, man, you go get a tough, you go get a tough, 
matchup. You know what I'm saying? Go get a tough matchup. And that yeah. show yesterday in the game, because I know everybody in the world counted them out. They give them a chance, you know what I'm saying, to uh, win. And they, they was right in the game, right in every, they in every game. I feel like they be in every game. No doubt. No doubt, man. Hey, LeBron, before I let you go, I, I, if I could, you, I saw you, you, you know, talking a little bit on social media last night about yeah. – um, Antonio Brown, and yeah. and I know you've been open about stuff that you've dealt with in in your yeah. post playing career. Um, mm-hmm. w- when you saw that yesterday, and then when you saw the reaction to what happened yesterday, what what went through your mind watching all of that throughout the course of the day? Man, in a, in a way, you know, saying I'm gonna try to you know say keep my thing because I get emotional about talking about Barry Hill. When I when I it yesterday, man, I, I was. Just broke down like wow, man! Like what's what's going on? Like I didn't I didn't go put the finger. Like I tell you, a few people post about just throwing a CTE word out there. People don't know how serious that is, and and people just making jokes about mental health like it's not real. And I just want to say, man, it was wrong. Like I just want to say what's wrong. I, I just I just I wish I could call him, be like brother, like you know what I'm saying. Some, like you want to talk to me or anything, and he, yeah. and he and he and it still it still might not even work that way. You know what I'm saying with everything that's going on, but I know. Something's wrong for a guy to be the man, the man cover in, in 17 and the best receiver, the best receiver in like everything just turned for him like that. You know what I'm saying? Everything turned for him like that. I just want everybody just, just you know, leave, leave a pin to the side, just pray for him. Let's see what, let's see, let's see how we can help him. Cause there's other players, including myself. You know what I'm saying? And uh, my former teammate from college, Marquise Johnson, he put up a post about, are we living with CT? You know what I'm saying? Like that's a, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Like, how we live with CT? Can we can we get some doctors in? Can we get some, some studies on our brain to see? Are we? We got to be dead and gone. Right. You know, that's why I get emotional because I play fullback. You know, I'm sorry yeah. to be crying no, online no, and everything, but no, no, Leron, you don't have to apologize for this. I yeah, truly, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional, but I play fullback, man. So that's kind of scary, man. Like, it's, it's, it's a scary situation. It's a scary situation. That's why I was just scared for him. I'm like, and he just left like that. He just, he just blew up and just, it just left. It's something wrong. It's something, it's, it's something, it's something wrong. And I wish that we can just find something and help him, you know, to help instead of judging him and, and go kick him to the side and be like, oh, he going to be okay on, oh, we can't deal with him no more. It's not like that. It's, deep, it's, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. Cause can't no player like that. Just turn like it's deeper than that. I feel. I feel like it's deeper than that. Let, you know Ron, what I'm when what you've dealt with with mental health, right? And and again, you've been very open about it. What what yeah. what what has helped you? Like what? Oh yes, sir. Can, can you can man? When with me with me with me, boss. I just know how to I just know how to cope with it now. You know, okay. and I just I I, I, I got down, like you know what I'm saying. I just be honestly. I got I got diagnosed with, with bipolar disorder. You know what I'm saying. I'm uh. Had to take, I had to take meds, you know what I'm saying? To start off like, this started like uh, last year, like uh, beginning of 2020 when I was in school, you know what I'm saying? Like, had to start taking meds and everything. But now, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm I'm, I'm off the meds now because I know how to med- like, meditate. I meditate a lot now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I read a lot. I just try to stay busy, boss, you know. But, you know, it'd be, it be some days like, like, like when the thing came out by uh, Vincent Jackson, you know, I had, I had a few days, like, just I, I got away from the house. I came back to my mom. I got back in my room. Like and I was in the like the print state real talk for like two days, just thinking all about you know what I'm saying. Vincent, like he was in wow. that hotel for a week. You wow. know what I'm saying by himself and ain't no telling like what he was going through or who he reached out to or who he who he talked to or, or gave signs to people and people didn't see it. You know what I'm saying. So that's the stuff like that. I be trying to 
you know what I'm saying, get a, get a mental health initiative. I want to, I'm like, I'm, I'm about to try to start something like, uh, learn something about, just get more, the NFL, PA and the NFL, like we got to get something for the players that still living. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's battling with this stuff right now because there's a lot more players that can't be, can't cope with the stuff like I do. You know what I'm saying? They can't handle the, handle the pressure and they, and they do something to themselves or they, 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 they lash out or they do something like that or they have, a, have an episode or something like that. I don't know the full details of what went on with Antonio Brown with the Bucks and everything. It's, it's so many stories that they coming out. But I just say, man, just let's, let's help the guy. Let's pray for him. You know what I'm saying? Let's see if we can get something going. Marquise Johnson made a, a great idea. Like, is, are we are we players living with CT? And we can't find out until we, you know, dead and gone. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a scary situation. Like, and then it come out when you dead and gone. Oh, he had CT. Like, oh man, was it something that we could have did right before? You know what I'm saying? To treat that, or is it something that we can? You know what I'm saying? Because like we'll never be we'll never be in that 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 state like. Uh, of like being in the game, you know what I'm saying? I never, I never get back, you know what I'm saying? Like me, people be asking me like, do I still want to play? I'm like, no, I watch yeah, it. You can't do all it. All yeah. day I coach it. Like play, no. I'm not, right. I don't even want to do that to my body. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Rearrange my brain like that all over again. Like do all that. Cause I play in a tough position. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I said mine, like that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like I don't, when people like, like they just like, they threw the word like, oh, he, SCT, he been having SCT. Like my one post said, he been, he been having CT. He says, Burke hit him in Cincinnati. I'm like, man, are y'all serious? Like, y'all really gonna like say that? Like, like this is something serious. Like, like you can't figure that out. Like, what if he? Like, what if he do? That's why we said CT. Are we living with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, because I know I got I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder by the doctor. Like, he read me. Like, he saw me for a week and he just came back in and just told me. Like, I broke down in. Like, man, like, have I been showing this to my kids? Have I been showing this in my life, my entire life? Like, it scared me a little bit. Like, I was in a depressed state. Because of that, but I know I had to, you know, what I'm saying, shake myself out and get ready. Because I, you know, so I had my children, you know, what I'm saying, my daughter, and my son, you know, what I'm saying, they looking up to me too. And I and I remember, and I remember the summer. I remember the summer that uh, I was showing it, like showing it towards them a little bit. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying that's when I that's when I uh, went viral and I reached out like, man, I need to get some help, man, because it's, it's, I guess it's trickling down to my kids. But I just thank God, like, you know, what I'm saying that that thing that did a 360 and like. I'm in a better position, but seeing AB like that yesterday, man, I just I just broke down. Like, I was mad, man. Like, I was so mad at everybody making them post. Like I was getting to and people on social media down here my whole time. I'm like just mad, just like man, no, don't do that. Don't don't talk about them, man. Don't 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 get on there and just 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 saying stuff like because you think you know, you know what I'm saying? Just and social that's social media, you know. Social media gives everybody the platform. Yeah, it felt like they uh, you know what I'm saying? Know what they're talking about, so. Like, like you gotta let it be sometimes. Leron, I really appreciate what you're saying right now, man. And, and, and there's a couple things in there, right? One, I, you know, I, I, my buddy uh, Tyus Bowser. You know, you know how we used to do those shows all the time in town. I did one with Tyus Bowser this season, right? Yeah. And and, and oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I seen, I seen, yeah, I seen that, I seen that. So so he said to me at the end of one show this week, he was uh, one week. He wanted me to tell him how I was doing, right? He was like, I want you to tell me how you're doing. I want to be real, right? Because it's important that we be willing to say it's it, we're not doing all right or we're not handling something so well. And I really appreciated that. And with that in mind, I need to know I, – I love you, bro. You've always been good to me, right? You always I come appreciate on, you, man. Hey, I was going to ask you, like, so we get to, I was going to ask you before we got off how you was doing dude, and everything, how, how everything is going. Because you still – Rocking up there and be more, man, doing your thing, man. It's good to hear your voice. You're like, you know what I'm saying? And everything, man. And I, pre- I appreciate the love. Like, that's why I said, I said, man, I'm mad. I missed the, um, the first week, uh, the first show we talked bad and communication, but I'm right. glad I got home, man. That, that, and I said, the money is the first show. 
first show of the uh, year too, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Dude, I need you to know, man. Like, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out more often, bro, because, cause I, I, you've been so good to me, man. You've been so good to me over the years, and you would come on and. You would yell at people when they would tell tell them they thought you know when somebody said I don't think Joe Flacco is that good you come on and fight him I loved you I love <laughs> I, <laughs> I love doing those conversations with you so I I need to do a better job of checking and I, you know Mason and I have talked about this a lot over the years right like like Mace is the type of guy that when I started having kids he started reaching out to me like hey bro yeah. how you holding up how you doing and I realized I need to do a better job with that with him right like yeah, as, yeah, as men we need to do a better job of that as a whole that's why um, I say even like that's why I say even me that's why I say even just reaching out I see guys if I see a guy post them even if I I know you're an NFL guy or yeah. former teammate I just try to put something funny under that but like I put up a post and like a few guys that I used to play with like a San Diego put it on there. Like put a like a little slogan. I used to stay in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, I was like, "Oh man!" Like I just put a smile, and that, that made me like. I'm talking about if, if, even if I was in the band mood, I know that the post right there would. I know that would you know what I'm saying burn me up because it, it lifted me up that day. You know what I'm saying? So I'd be just be trying to you know what I'm saying do whatever I can, and and I'm really go you know what I'm saying try to come up with some try to, try to come up with something that we can we can we can get a few players in the room by 10, 15 of us, and we can really just. Just, just all of us talk about, you know what I'm saying, stuff that we, like, dealing with and, and we can get the NFL and the NFLPA to come up with something that we can get tested. Is Are, are we living with CTE or, you know what I'm saying, with something like, because the bipolar stuff is scary. Like, when you get diagnosed, like, I got diagnosed now. I'm like, oh, man, have I, was I showing that while I was in the NFL? Like, I, I know I showed it in a few of my relationships, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, had to go, I had to go back and apologize to people, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because I know I did, you know what I'm saying? So that's just the maturing of it and, you know what I'm saying? Just learn how to deal with it. But I know everybody's not as strong and strong-willed as LeRon. You know what I'm saying? Some people have their breaking point. LeRon McClain, man. I'm so glad to hear you and, and hear the place that you're in right now, man. I, I can't tell you how, how much. And, again, I'm going to check in. I'm going to check in, though. I'm going to do that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, you got the number, baby. You got the number. Yes, sir. I-Formation Podcast. Make sure you guys are checking that out. At Check Le it Ron. out, baby. We on all, we on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify. Uh, podcast, Apple uh, Podcast, man. No, check us out. We got the audio and the video going up. We just getting better with time, man. We early into it. Just got 16 episodes right now. We getting better, getting better with time, man. Just watching guys like Glenn and you know, what I'm saying here, here another podcast. You know, what I'm saying just getting us ready, man. I, I, love, I love listening to y'all. At Leron underscore McLean 33 on Twitter. That's how you follow him, brother. Uh, happy New Year to you, to your family, man. Safety, health. Let's talk again down the road. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Happy New Year, man. Thank you so much. God bless. Le'Ron McClain, man. Whew. Um, it's pretty powerful, right? Like, it's pretty powerful when you hear him legitimately tearing up, talking about, you know, what he's been through. And 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 I'm and I say this because I think it's important. I really do think this is important. I want to. I have made it very clear. I I have issues with the fact that Antonio Brown got the opportunity that he got in Tampa. Not because of him being a head case or anything along those lines specifically related to the the sexual assault allegation. That's why I had that problem. And I, I, it hasn't gone away. I still have a problem with the fact that that happened. I had a problem. It, it's not an allegation is the wrong way of saying it. Because of the overwhelming evidence. Because when you read that text message that he sent that girl, there's no gray area there. Right. And so that's a problem. But that's a separate issue from this. And what Le'Ron McClain's talking about, and it's why I wasn't un- I was not comfortable with the jokes that were being made yesterday. And I'm with Le'Ron about I'm a, a wrestling guy, of course, right? 
Uh, everybody knows that. I, I do a pro wrestling podcast with my friends. One, you know, one of my closest friends is a pro wrestler. And um, I, you know, my my buddies were texting me this this image that Randy Orton sent out, or a tweet that Randy Orton sent yesterday, um, where he was comparing. That's what they sent, right? And everybody got a good kick out of that on Twitter. It's it's Randy Orton doing his pose and juxtaposed with Antonio Brown with his shirt off, and everybody's laughing about it. And and I and I said I'm like I got to be honest with you guys I'm not feeling that like I'm just I don't think this is a joking matter I don't think I I I get that like because we don't have any sympathy for Antonio Brown that we also kind of don't have any empathy for him either we can't put ourselves in, ourselves in his shoes because he's a bad person but the mental health is not a joke to me it's just not. I don't. I don't mean to smirk. That's the first time I saw that, that right. photo. I'm so not, my, I'm my, not mad about my, it. I get it. Reaction was a right. smirk. But, it's a silly. But I, it, it, mental health is a real thing. It's a disorder. And I, I was talking to somebody that's very close to me, um, and she was saying because everybody that people that have mental health issues and need medication, there are a lot of times they don't want to take the medication because they feel like there's a stigma around. Oh, you need medication meds, right. to to be right. normal, right? But it's your body is missing something. That it needs to act normally. It's the same way when it, if you have a physical ailment, right? I mean, it's so the same thing. If you need medication, it's not that so there's something wrong with you. It's that you're you need something to be the person Correct. that you're supposed to be. And we saw it in the NFL with a Pro Bowl wide receiver and Brandon Marshall. All the crap that he went through about 10, 15 years ago, and then he fe- realized he had bipolar bo- bipolar disorder. He got medicated, and now you see him all over TV as a people that, as a guy that people want to talk to. If you if you know Leron's story, I mean if you remember, there were I mean we were worried about him. He was tweeting right. desperately cries for help and a lot of us were trying to reach out to him to talk to him about it. Like, hey, man, are you okay? Like, I I, I reached out to Le'Ron, like, then. And I said, dude, I, because I genuinely love covering Le'Ron McClain. Like, he was genuinely one of my favorite people to talk to when I was on the beat. And then when I, you know, transitioned into being a host that wasn't on the beat any longer, I loved being around Le'Ron McClain. He's one of my favorite people. He would he would see me in the locker room and hit me up like, bro, why haven't you had me on, had me on your show recently? Like when he was an all pro player, like mm-hmm. when he was, he didn't need to do this stuff. He just liked doing it. He was a good guy, and so I was trying then to reach out. Everybody was trying to help out. Nobody wanted to, you know, hurt Le'Ron. I figured it was Ron. It's Ron, right? Um, I'll get you, Ron. I promise. Um, so I, I there, there's just there's two different things there, right? There's the I get it. I don't like Antonio Brown, and I think bad things of him, and I I think it's shameful that Tampa Bay took the chance on him, but I also genuinely believe that this is a mental health problem mm. and whatever that is you know when we say what's well, cte I, I don't know if it's cte it might be i don't know if it's in you know like ron brought up i had to get diagnosed with bipolar disorder i had to, you know like i had other things that i was dealing with um and it's just not a it's i can't make jokes about it because of that i right. mean it was it was i get it it was a spectacle it was unlike much of anything we've seen but I don't think it's a laughing matter. It's it's a very serious issue, and if you have bipolar disorder and you're not medicated yeah. for it, bad things happen. Terrible, terrible Awful things, things happen, happen. Yes. To, to others and to yourself. Right. It's something that needs to be taken care of, and I, I, I'm with you 100% on this. I, again, I don't want him... I don't want him to play in the, in the National Football League because I don't think he deserves that, yeah. but I want him to be okay because yeah. I want humans to be okay, and I don't want him to be a threat to himself or to other individuals 
whatever it is that he's going through. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I just don't, I'm on, un, I'm uncomfortable. You can say, but you're sticking the mud. You can say I'm whatever. I'd like to think that as a society, we understand that, like comedy people, comedians are mad because their job is more difficult because we said you can't just punch people that don't deserve to be punched. Like you can't just make fun of a broad group of people that don't deserve it for any reason. Mm-hmm. There actually has to be a punchline and it can still be done. There's still brilliant comedians that don't have to freak out about, well, I'm not allowed to make fun of this person any longer. There's still plenty of things that we deal with in society that you can make fun of or, or actions or things along those lines. But mental health and someone clearly going through some sort of a breakdown, I just like to think that we would understand why that's not really funny. That's right. just not funny, right. man. Exactly. Not at all. Thank you to Leiron McLean for taking the time for us. That was... That was insightful. That was incredibly insightful on a day like today. Hey, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Ron's in Owings Mills. Ron, good morning, pal. How are you? Good morning. Good interview with Leron. I always like Leron McLean. I love Raven. Love Leron McLean, man. Love that dude. Uh, and, and I remember that run he had against the Cowboys. Well, it's one of the. I mean, it's to me, it's the greatest regular season Ravens game ever. I mean, it's just you know, I I have yeah. that 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 night was one of the most special times I've ever had as a Ravens fan. It was a fun game because I mean, you remember Mason with his like arm hanging out. Oh, he died. He died on the field that yeah. night. They they were prepared to put him down on the field. The trainers <laughs> came out and they were like, "We're gonna have to put him down on the track, man." And and he's yeah. just like he he's, it was it's the epitome of who Derek Mason was as a football player, right? I yeah. um I, I I watched that game, believe it or not, with my father. And I watched that game with my uncle Mike, who okay. is um, your, your father. Watched the game. He watched the game. He had no choice because it was at a family holiday party, and um, this was that's what we were watching. My uncle Mike is worse than my dad, and he had to leave. Edry gets the interception to start the game, um, and so he's all happy. And then the Cowboys on the next possession they go down and score. Right. My uncle Mike had to leave because he could <laughs> he couldn't stop himself from being so negative. But that game, that was a game to me that that Derek Mason put himself in the annals of, of Ravens history as he the, the greatest. He, he was dead on, on the, the field. football field. Yeah. Dead. And he was just I don't like. Understand why, that was why I got mad. Wasn't he left off a, a Ravens list? Yeah. Well, they, they let the they, the stupid they let the fans vote on who the greatest twenty the uh the twenty fifth year anniversary team, who the great the two greatest wide receivers were. And as we talked about him with, he wasn't offended by Anquan Bolden being on the list. It was this that and this is it's recency bias. It's that's you know oh, it's whatever Steve it is. Smith. So no, Steve Derek Smith Mason was the other one, on and him. and again, no disrespect to Steve Smith as far as his career is concerned, but pretending like Steve Smith was a greater Raven than Derek Mason is one of the. No, no way. And that's where I the the team should have stepped in and said, "We're not going to embarrass our guys. We're not gonna we're not gonna say, hey, the fans. I I believe the fans genuinely voted, and it's just because." Derek Mason was 10, 12 years ago, whereas Steve Smith was five years ago. Recency bias. They just voted yeah. for Steve Smith. Yeah. And the Ravens should have just stepped in and said, we're going to correct this. We're not mm. going to post this on our website and attach our name to it when they so clearly got this thing wrong. That's not something yeah. we're going to do. I, I, yeah, I mean, Steve Smith's the more flashier player, but Derek Mason was a better Raven. 
just given Facts. he was long, he was Correct. here longer. And you want to say Steve Smith had a better overall career? Yeah, I mean, fine. I'll, I, I, probably that's true, right? Like if yeah. I probably sat down and looked at it, he probably did. But who was the greater Raven? It's not. There's no debate there. There's you, no. You look at the Raven at, at Derek Mason's career here. He's the greatest receiver in the history of the franchise. Yes, and and the only the only yeah. reason why it's okay that Anquan Bolden's on the list because he was the one that kind of led them to a Super Bowl, right? right. Like yeah. Anquan Bolden yeah. is is is. You know, Joe, it's Joe Flacco and Anquan Bolden won them a Super Bowl together. The two of them yeah. went out and won a Super Bowl. So Here's the funny thing. I still remember, like, the, as sick as I am, Anquan was a great receiver, very tough. As, as Derek was a great receiver. I still remember the drops that each of them had that could have won more Super Bowls and more playoff well, games, but, but they were both right. right. Because, were both because right. we were so stunned that it ever happened, right? Like, yeah. when Anquan Bolden had the drop in Pittsburgh, we're like, what? Him? That one he should have caught. Him? I mean, it was. It, it was. It was that one. The one that was. A, it was a low throw, but he, he was yep. bending down. Yep. He should have caught that. Yep. One hundred percent. We all remember. Rem- goal line. Yep. Of course we remembered. Of course, because it was stunning. It was. He threw that ball to Anquan Bolden, and he didn't catch it. Like, how yeah. is that possible? All right, we're we're off. We're we're lost. We're lost. We're off. We're off. Let's get. Let me just say a few things, and I'll get off. Just the delay of game. I don't even want to go through. It's unacceptable. Okay, we don't even have to. The only thing that. I need I to know, Ron, is afterwards yeah. Huntley said he thought there was still a second on the clock. I just need to know what the discrepancy there is. Like, because on the, the TV broadcast, definitely made it seem like it was delay of game. Is there a discrepancy between what we're seeing on the TV broadcast and what they're seeing in the stadium? That's all I. Need. I just need to know that because I'm with you, and he's gonna, you know, John's gonna make my uh, slaps list today because of it. Um, because yeah, that can't happen, but I do need to know if there's a discrepancy between what we see and what they see because I just. Yeah, I just think we get plays off too slowly. I mean, the whole game. But well, they've been doing yeah. it all season. There's been a. Yeah. It's been a. It's it's almost the point where it's clearly part of the thought process to try to limit the number of plays during the course of a game, and and you know that's that's not dissimilar to what they've done. You know, that's kind of the the concept of what the Ravens built the last couple of years is let's let's limit the number of plays that the other team has the ball during the course of a game, but mm-hmm. you know it's it's going to cost you and it costs you in a huge moment. Let me just say this, and I want to give some credit to Ed Head Red, Red, sorry, Red Head Ed on Twitter. Um, he he put together a lot of stats on John Harbaugh, the era. Um, I just want to say a couple things. Number one, uh, th- let's be honest. He's loyal to his coordinators to a fall with the Greg Roman thing. I, I personally think it's time to move on. I've seen enough from with the game on the line, cutting off half the field in the Green Bay game. I thought the play calling got a little predictable late. You could have went play action on second and two. I personally, I don't believe Roman's the guy to help evolve the passing game to where I think it needs to go. But let's go to the John Harbaugh thing. And some of it, it's obvious, but just hear me out. John Harbaugh, when Ray Lewis or Lamar Jackson have played, okay, is 81-33 and 33 mm-hmm. as a head coach. When Ray Lewis or Lamar Jackson have not played, he's 54-54. and 54 which is an average coach. That's 500. So I, I, I saw you retweet this number, Ron. I, I, yeah. I saw that last night. Here's my only... Oh, okay, good. Like, n- name, name any coach's record without their good players. <laughs> like, I, I just don't okay. think... I, I'm being... As, I don't think that number matters, like, almost at all, if I'm being totally honest with you. Like, name the guy that's been a really good coach without great players. 
I think that you can have losing seasons. I don't think you can have like five straight of missing five straight playoffs or things like that. Like I, I, well, to and, me, and, it's two, I mean, two five hundred. And if and if he had, he would have been gone. I mean, like if they missed the playoffs in in that season, in the, what was it nineteen? They he would have been gone. Like they, they, he would have been. They had one playoff appearance. You're talking about between so fifteen, sixteen in the five years after do, the Super Bowl, right? So I'm I'm talking about eighteen. So oh, okay. fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, they missed the playoffs three straight yeah. years. If that had yep. gone on one more, I said nineteen, I meant eighteen. If that had gone 18. one more year to eighteen, he was going to get fired. They were and they might not have called it a firing. They might have let him say he was retiring or whatever. They were going. It's yeah, Lamar we know saved that. his job. Correct. That's, that's, that's having, the reality of what having happened. great players makes great coaches. I mean, it's just. Well, what I'm saying is, is that like you look at a Doug Peterson, you look at a Mike McCarthy, you look at a John Gruden, all of them had way better records, yeah, or more playoff success after the Super Bowls, and they all got canned. Well, Doug Peterson definitely didn't have any, didn't have more suits, playoff success after the Super what's, Bowl. What's Bill <laughs> Belichick's he, 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 record he without Tom Brady? Hold on, let me just say this: He had so Peterson won the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl Fifty Two. The next two years, he went nine and seven and nine and seven, making the playoffs both times. Picking up a playoff win, then he went four and eleven, and then I mean his total record was twenty two and twenty five. So Harbaugh's was a little better, but Peterson did have more playoff success. Well, I mean, because he won two playoff games to one, is that? I mean, that, that's what you're basing that on. I mean, I, I'm just saying that he got cannon. It's a similar type of resume. I mean, it's not. I, he didn't. He didn't have the track record that John Harbaugh had before winning the Super Bowl either. I, like, that's true. D- Doug, uh, Doug. I, now, I, now I'm making you Doug Peterson. Right? <laughs> now because you're a Doug Peterson guy, I'm making you Doug. I think the one that's interesting, Glenn, is yeah. Mike McCarthy. So he went seventy-seven and forty-five mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. In the next eight years, made the playoffs six times, and he got fired. Well, the quarterback decided he needed to be fired. I mean, like, they, they gave the quarterback all the power in Green Bay. If the quarterback got along with him, he wouldn't have been fired. I mean, that's we, – we, we know what happened there. That was they, – they, they decided that the quarterback was the one that would make the decisions in Green Bay, and, and he decided what he decided. And I – you know, I mean, they, I they, think the bigger they haven't won a like, Super Bowl since then. Like, I, as much as I don't like John, like, and because I've seen the coaching decisions, so it gets uh, – and to be fair, you're right. When you don't – name me a, a lot of coaches when you don't have Lamar, they're gonna, they're gonna. It can mask a lot of flaws. That's what we've seen. The coaching flaws can come out even more because Lamar masks a lot of the issues. But what I'm asking you is this: Do you honestly believe that this team will win a championship with Lamar Jackson if Greg Roman is his offensive coordinator? Uh, I, believe I believe that? they can. Yeah, that, that's. I think yeah. that's the question, Ron. I think they can 100. percent I think that. Really? I think it's okay. difficult because I think it's difficult for every team to win a Super Bowl. But I think they can win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson as quarterback and Greg Roman as offensive coordinator. And and I think we saw I think we are allowing ourselves to get carried away. We we talk about what happened in Buffalo last year as if one play before the interception there wasn't an utter whiff on a block from J.K. Dobbins that would have been an easy touchdown had he not whiffed on the block. Like we just we we obsess over certain things instead of dealing with the reality of them, and we flip out about Greg Roman. Is it Greg Roman's fault that J.K. Dobbins whiffed on the block in Buffalo last year? I think it's Greg Roman's fault that we were throwing the ball in the opening drive of the Buffalo game when we were driving. Lamar got sacked, and when he knew his offensive line okay. stung. They, they had they were about to tie the game up, Ron. They were about to tie the game in the second yeah. half in Buffalo on a day where it was miserable to do anything, where no one could do anything. They were about to tie the game up, and J.K. Dobbins, and I, I like J.K. Dobbins. I think J.K. Dobbins is a big part of this team moving forward. 
But we, mm-hmm. it's like I said, when, when you have to be critical, you have to be critical. J.K. Dobbins whiffed on a block on what would have been a wide open touchdown. Wide open. And he had to throw the ball. I just think, okay, I, you're, that's a fair point. I just, I don't, I'm not saying we can't get to the dance. I'm not saying, I just don't trust the creativity and just the play calling feel of it where like his run game is, you can't, I can't question Greg Roman's ability to call good run plays. That's, he's proven that. Okay. I can question sometimes in the middle of the game, down the line, down the stretch, where the defensive coordinator can get to him and get the advantage just because of lack of imagination in passing concepts or like Gary Kubiak, when I was watching, I I, I hate to compare guys, but Glenn, when Gary Kubiak was calling plays, I would usually tell you that I really had no criticism because it just, everything made sense. But for what it's worth, Ron, I'd rather have Gary Kubiak. I don't think he wants the job. For the record, I don't think he I, wants the job. Well, I, I, t- I said this on the air with both you. I said it on yeah. Ted Show. I said it on one of – I said it on everywhere. The, when letting Kubiak go to Denver and that was more him, I get it. He wanted oh, to yeah. go you can't. You couldn't uh, stop you him. You have to try to do everything possible to, to make him stay, giving him money, blank checks. That the, decision, in my opinion – He was going to work for his him. roommate. He wasn't <laughs> – Ron, Gary Kubiak was always taking the Denver job because John Elway was his boss and his best friend. Like you, so couldn't, you couldn't have at least offered him a blank. You could offer him as much money try. as you wanted to. That's John Elway. His be- your best friend calls you and says, "I need you to come coach this team." Your best friend tells you that you need them to come work. Man, come on. Like I think Joe. I, I'm, look, Joe is a shy guy, but in my opinion, if I was Joe's parents. If I was Joe's dad after that right. season, right. I'm calling Steve Bashotti and saying, "Look, <laughs> give 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 Ron, Gary a fourth of my of uh, my son's salary." Sure, I don't think I don't think they get to make those decisions. Ron, I love you, buddy. It, all right, man. I, it, you hear me though? I think we need to move on. You disagree, but it's all good. Hey, man, I love you. I appreciate it. You'll, we'll right. talk soon. All right. All right. Ron, nothing smells. Still hung up on Gary Kubiak. It's been, it's been eight years. I just want to say, for the record, <laughs> yeah. uh, Bill Belichick has nine seasons without I mean, Tom Brady. Is, right. He has, and I'm including 2008 yeah. when Brady got hurt the first game, three winning seasons in nine I mean, seasons without but, Tom Brady. And I, and I you saw take some, away the best players, that's what I happens. I saw people throwing this number around. This is why, and, and I've, this is the dirty little secret that nobody wants to talk about it. I get, and I talked about this with uh, Ken yesterday. People are pissed off when something like that, with the the the, the delay a game thing, happens yesterday, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And 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 you're right, it, it's it's bothersome. What we don't really admit is that John Harbaugh probably gets about 85, 90 percent of of game situations correct. It's we think they should be free. We think everyone that there should be no margin for error, and we remember the times they were. And by the way, earlier in his career, and I documented this when I was on the beat. Earlier in his career. It was a blind spot. He had clearly come from Andy Reid. Time management was horrible mm-hmm. for John Harbaugh in the first few years, despite the fact they were winning games, right? Like, it was a real... The season they lost to the Colts in the um, in the the divisional round of the playoffs, when they got their ass handed to him in that yeah, game. Yeah, that was after beating In, in Indianapolis, yes, after the New England game. I went back and, and, and wrote a whole thing documenting game loss by loss, you know, game... Time issues that occurred during the course of those games. They lost those games largely in the final minutes of the half. Either half, right? Either the first mm-hmm. half or the second half. You could go back and say, this is where the game was lost because of these things that occurred. Since that time, 
not because of me, I want to make that very clear, but since those first few years, he's gotten far better. The problem is we want it to be perfect. We want it to be that you never get anything wrong. We want it to believe we want to believe, in part because we played Madden, that you can scheme your way or play call your way to winning a championship. So when anything is something we don't like, we want to believe that's the that's the margin for error. And we don't think this other stuff that Le'Ron McLean was just talking about with John Harbaugh matters. Well, anybody could anybody could be the, the, the coach. Anybody could be the figurehead, the leader. When overwhelmingly, we have the evidence that says the championships, you win Super Bowls based on players. Overwhelmingly. The early Patriots Super Bowls, you would say, were more about Bill Belichick probably and play calling and play design and what he was doing defensively than they were about Tom Brady. The first three, you'd probably say that about. They were more along those lines. But as we moved into a different era of football, it had to become way more about Tom Brady. And in this era of football, how many teams have won a Super Bowl championship that you would look at it on the whole and say it wasn't really about the players? The Eagles would probably be the one, right? Mm -hmm. The Eagles would be the one where you would say Doug Peterson had to scheme his way to winning a championship. Not to say he had incompetent players, not to say that he didn't have... You know, a defense that was capable. But it, on paper, he really had to scheme his way into winning a championship. Every single other one of the other ones, you'd say, yeah, it's the players. They've got the players to do it. And in certain circumstances, we all thought Jim Caldwell was a genius for a month in Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. Be- because the Ravens won a Super Bowl. A year later, what do we think of Jim Caldwell? Get him out of here. We thought he was a boob. Yeah. So... Did they win that Super Bowl because of Jim Caldwell, or did they win it just because they had the players? Like, the, the players are the answer. So when you throw these numbers, well, this is John Harbaugh's record without Ray Lewis. Well, by the way, Ray Lewis in 2012 was not that good. No. <laughs> I mean, he didn't play for a lot of that season, but when he was on the field, he wasn't that good. We pick and choose something because it fits our narrative instead of being realistic about it, which is... What is every great coach's record without their players? What are Mike Tomlin? What is Mike Tomlin's record without Ben Roethlisberger? Correct. What is, we we just we pick something because it fits our narrative. That's what it is. We don't think John Harbaugh. So we're going to find this number and throw it out there. Well, the number doesn't hold up because no coaches. There, there isn't a great coach that doesn't have good players. That doesn't exist. We're kidding ourselves. Stop! Get a hold of yourself. And again, the era has changed. It's easier to go back in the history of the NFL and find guys that were able to have success, you know, that, that, that didn't necessarily have certainly a quarterback, but they still tended to have really good players on their roster. Today's show is also brought to you by CCBC. I want you to remember the words tuition-free. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career, or maybe you want an IT certification? CCBC, Continuing Education, has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field, and it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. We'll come back in, chat with Jeremy Kahn. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Thank you. 
Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com from all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. The champion. Chris Jericho. The champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill's got the comfort food seasonal menu still available right now. Get over to Glory Days Grill or go to glorydaysgrill.com to get your order in. Enjoy the smoky thigh wings with the Alabama barbecue sauce, the short rib grilled cheese, the house-made meatloaf, the grilled meatloaf sandwich, the Brussels and bacon, so much more. Again, glorydaysgrill.com. Are we really putting this man's life in danger by having him do this as he's driving through Snowmageddon today? What's going on, Jeremy Kahn? I'm just out and about for a stroll. 
Are you, are you all right? I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to get you. I don't know. You know, it's, it's treacherous. Well, I we had another drinking show today. So oh, I Jesus. had to make it in. I was going to make a joke about how I don't remember when the last time was that I saw you because honestly, I'm not sure that I remember much about the last time that I saw you. There was a, uh, there was apparently a conversation among the powers that be here at Pressbox as to whether they should have woken me up at five o'clock or allowed me to keep sleeping at that point because I was dunsky. Apparently, the, the moment that everything turned was the moment when I consumed the entirety of the uh the king cup That's, yeah uh, i gotta give you uh look hats off for that man because there's no way i was drinking it especially after i tasted it oh, um, although God. i did i did technically win as you i did make more mistakes than you but yeah. I, I did try it though as i said i would your man uh, yep 100 percent. it was awful it yeah. was awful so i have no idea like you powering through and drinking that says a lot more about you than you actually falling did, asleep on the couch. Here's the here's the honest question. Did we raise the money we were supposed to raise? Did we get yes. it? okay? All right, so we're good. That's that's all that all I cared about from all of this was that we raised the money for for, for Perry Hall. We got over five hundred dollars. Yes, we did. Right. And and I want to make sure. Ooh, I'm I'm spinning out here. Oh Jesus! Um, we, um, we might do a short. We, this might be a short one this week. I'm worried about. Right. Uh, it's, my, it's not my first rodeo. Yeah, right. let's, let's go. Let's see what happens Jesus. out here. I've already seen. I, like I've been out driving for 20 minutes, and I've already seen 25 accidents. Oh God! Like, and I'm not even like I'm not exaggerating. It's absurd. There were three people caught on a hill, and their trucks are going backwards. I've seen uh, four 18-wheelers that are just off to the side of the road. One looks like it's spun out. Two that couldn't get up a hill because there wasn't enough traction. Did anybody uh, – this is a quick question. Did anybody forget their key fob? Just to, Did you happen to notice if anybody out there forgot their – I'm just not asking – no particular reason why I'm asking this question. But did you notice their, what, their key fob today? Did you notice if anybody was dealing with that today? I didn't see any. Yeah, that would be really silly. Who would do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could be me. Paul's got a bit of a key fob situation that he's dealing oh, with that no. might become a real issue. It's the- got to be in the car. There's no way that I could have gotten here without at, it. At least it's not snowing today. At least <laughs> you're not dealing with this in the middle of a snowstorm. My God, man. Well, I look, as I remember, I had fun. I was reminded, and, and this is, I, I think, and, and I know that you and I are, are similar in this way, I am, of course, a loving drunk. Like, when I get drunk, I just want to tell you how much I love you, right? Like, that's the way it goes. And I think in comparison to the other types of drunk that you can be, that's a far better thing to be than the guy that's, like, say, trying to challenge everyone to a fight every time they get drunk. Yeah, and I'm the, I'm the fun drunk. Um, you know, as I, I, I like to enjoy myself. So, you know, you might catch me dancing, laughing, singing, whatever. Um, at least I like to think I'm the fun drunk, but who knows? No, no, you're definitely, you're, that's definitely the category I would put you in. I had a great, I, as I remember, I had a great time. It definitely pained me. I wasn't fully recovered for about 24 hours. Um, there were, there were three or four different trips to the bathroom, um, as the whole day played out. I got home, my, my wife had made dinner. And she wanted to sit down and eat dinner, and I said, I will not be enjoying any of this. She said, no, well, I, I just, said, not going to happen. See, it, those are awful, and I just now, I'm, well, right, maybe I should have picked that cat up. I just saw another van that spun out, and a guy walked in right. the other direction. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. I'm, we're going to let, let you go here. No, I'm second. good, man. No, I'm, no look, I got, this is I, awkward. I'm telling you, I'm perfectly, let's talk, what are we talking, right, Raven? I don't, I don't I, hey, Jeremy, I don't know what there is to say anymore, man. Like, I, I started the show this way today. I understand disappointment. It was definitely a bummer yesterday. The Ravens had a chance to win that game. <laughs> And, and weren't able to do it. I don't, I do not understand anger. I do not understand blank. Like, the, being, not being able to sit down and say, 
Holy crap. It's absurd that they're even in these games. It's absurd that they had a chance yesterday. There was no – no one had an expectation they were winning that football game. I don't understand anger and blame. I don't get that part of the equation. Yeah, and, and the thing for me is um, – and I could be mistaken. I think I was the one guy that actually picked them to win, and everybody kept telling me how crazy I was, uh, which it does sound like me being in the minority. It's not unusual because – I am a contrarian, and I try to find ways, but I've been saying for weeks now that this Rams team is unbelievably flawed right? Uh, for whatever reason. Like, they're not um, – you know, this, this is not the team that I, I want to place my wagers on and be heavy on right now with the way that they're playing. Matt Stafford looked terrible. And in instances against a, a subpar defense that has issues covering as they gave up 525 yards last week, and I know – or two weeks ago, and I, and I know that they got some players back, but still – you know, that's that's my whole reasoning for it. And when it got moved to 1 o'clock, I thought they'd be in it. It just sucked the way it came down. I mean, right. they've lost four games by a total of five points in this five-game losing streak, and then the blowout to Cincinnati. So... Yeah, it's a bummer. I'm, it's a bummer. That's I, I agree. It's disappointing. And you absolutely, as somebody said, that the what could have been is is very strong. Like, you think back to where this team was, despite all everything they were already dealing with, and you start doing the what could have been. I get all of that. I just don't get anger. I don't. What are you mad at? Like the, yeah. this is the the dirty little secret. Yesterday, the, to me, the biggest reason why they lost the football game was because of Tyler Huntley. Plain and simple. Like, but am I mad at that? No. I, we're getting carried away about what we think Tyler Huntley is. He's a backup and, quarterback in the NFL, and he's going to yeah. make mistakes. Yeah, you know the other thing that's irritating is I saw like a couple of former players and people in the media saying, "Oh, I talked to former Ravens players that think Lamar is, or excuse me, Huntley's better than Lamar and all these different facets of the game. He does this better, that better, and I'm sure there are aspects of the game that he is better than him. But my problem is like when when Flacco was going to be the the quarterback moving forward, there were a lot of guys that stood up and stuck up for him. There are people that, like, I'm not necessarily trusting just football players and watching the game to tell me what should and shouldn't happen because right. I listen to former Hall of Fame coaches and, and all these guys that are talking heads on there telling me every single week, like, oh, why are they doing this? Why are they going for two? And, like, I even read the thing today, like, fans going, well, if the Ravens hadn't gone for two, they, they'd be this. Right. How do you guarantee a victory no. if they kick an extra it's, point without knowing what's going to happen afterwards? Yes, you know, it's absurd. So, it's so absurd. I, yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, that's again disappointment. Yes, anger. I can't. You can't. It's. I'm bummed at how the season. I'm bummed that they lost all their players this year. As someone who wants to see the Ravens succeed, as someone who knows it's better for business when the Ravens do succeed, I'm really bummed by that. It's a huge bummer. But anger and screaming and firing the cunt. Get the f out of here, man. Like get out of here with all that. I don't get it yeah. at all. I don't understand it remotely. That being well, for said, what what they've accomplished with all the injuries and and COVID and everything else pretty amazing i just yes. think it's you know it's, it's it's a layer of expectations along with uh misfortune and and bad losses or tough losses i should say uh like nobody expects to be in the packers game they essentially lose on a conversion try um you know the Steeler game where they thought they'd be in it and then all the injuries that happened at the end you thought you'd win it uh you were winning most of the game and then big ben comes up with a great drive i mean there's all types of things to look at on this season of what went wrong what could go wrong and where we're at. So, um, you know, I'm just not going to get caught up in it. I, I understand people get emotional, but, hey, just let it die down a little bit and then react. I mean, then, then they'll have to dissect it. And they Look, they have issues they're going to have to deal with for sure. I mean, like, mm -hmm. they, they've got to upgrade the offensive line, period. They, they, it's on them that they did the Alejandro Villanueva a bit. That's not that – he was going to have to play somewhere this season. That's on them. They they screwed that up. That's not bad luck. That's You, you did that. 
Um, they got to they got to figure a few things out. But on the whole, I I don't know how you don't look at the roster in general and say, you know, I'm I feel pretty good about next season with the with the 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 overwhelming majority of the roster here. They just need to have them on the field, and not you know hanging out in the on the sidelines or at the the Jimmy's tailgate ahead of time. Like they need to actually yeah. have those guys playing. Um, well, absolutely. The other thing with that too, and just not not to stay on this yeah. forever, is that you have to look at next year and. Look, you're more than likely going to miss the playoffs. I think that's somewhat of a foregone conclusion with all the things you yes, need to have. it's not happening. And relying right. on Jacksonville to beat, yes, um, stop. you know, the, the, the Colts here look like one of the hottest teams in football. I, you know what? This, I swear to God, if, they, if all those things come true and they make the playoffs, I'll do another drinking show with you in two weeks. And I just said I'll never do another one. I'll drink another King Cup in two weeks. Never, ever say never, ever. God, if all those things happen, it's insane. <laughs> That's the MacGruber line. But, oh, no, but I haven't all, watched. All, I need to watch. I'm sorry. I need to watch it this week. Well, so the, the other thing with, um, with the Ravens, too, is that you're going to have a pick probably 16 or, or lower looking at it, like yeah. uh, in that 16 to 12 range, I would assume. I, probably more like that 15, 16 range is my guess because they're going to be one of the first teams on the outside looking in. But then you get that in every round. Uh, what if somebody comes off and you have something for Tyler Huntley? you got that to figure out. You've got other things. But the, the key, the, the most important thing is that you're finally getting healthy. You know, that that's the most important thing. Um, so we'll see what happens. I agree. There. I agree. Hey, where are you with um, what Ravens fans should do? Look, I, I still there's still this small part of me that wonders if I'm Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers lose tonight. Like, why am I playing in this game on Sunday? Right? Like, why not just let yeah. your final game be the game in Pittsburgh and, and be done with it, right? But presuming he does, where are you with the what should the Ravens do? How should the fans? Like, where are you with that conversation this week? Um, I mean, I still think you for for the Ravens, you play it as is, like in hopes of getting in. If Lamar's ready, I'm giving him a go that last week. If he has any issues at all, if it's something that's lingering, you just ride with Tyler Huntley, knowing what's at stake. You can win with him. Um, he's a he's a really good quarterback. I mean, that's the other caveat to this is like, does somebody come calling and offering something substantial for Huntley for the way he's yeah, played I'm in not, those few I'm games? Not. So, which those are all possibilities. But again. Um, you know, I, I just play it the way it is. And if I'm the Steelers, I just yeah, I still believe, and I said all along, that I thought the Ravens were going to beat the Rams and lose to the Steelers. Now, I ended up being wrong on the Rams call. Uh, this, this game here, I mean, I could see Big Ben coming out and throwing, as I said, four touchdowns or four interceptions or in some <laughs> magical way doing both. <laughs> so I think he throws the ball 60 times uh, come Sunday. That's what he does. I, I guess my question, should the Ravens play some sort of tribute video at some point during the oh, game? Oh, I, I, I must have cut out, man. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, should, should, should fans you know, try to do a polite clap, a golf clap at some point and not just boo him the entire time? Like, what – that's the part of it that I'm. I don't. I don't yeah. know what the right answer is. I mean, I think it's a classy thing to do, even though it would probably upset the fans. You're saying goodbye to your your hated rival, like, and he's been at the forefront of it. If you want to put Heinz Ward's face up there, Bill Cowher, yep. maybe it's Tomlin now, Big Ben. I think those are the names: Joey Porter's and a hole. Um, but you know, you look you look at all those guys, and I think I think there's something to be said for doing like showing the highlights. But I would do it tongue in cheek and show all the highlights of the Ravens beating the crap out of. Them. Right, like right. You know, some people might frown upon that, and I get it. But like, I think that's something I would do. I've got no issue with it whatsoever, though. I think you can have some fun with it in a, in a way that's like you know you want to put a few of those things in and say congratulations on a great career or something like that. You know, I think you can have some fun with it in that way. I think in a weird way, if he doesn't 
Like, if he continues to do this bit where he's like, I don't speak in absolutes, I'm still not convinced there isn't a part of him that doesn't want to play next year. I'm still not convinced of that. Like, when he says all these nonsensical things, like, I don't, you know, I don't, I, yeah, it's probably my last game, but I don't speak in absolutes. Like, I think there's still a part of him that if the Broncos can't get their quarterback next year, like, if they go in to try to get Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Aaron Rodgers like, now nah, I'm going to go back to Green Bay and, and Russell Wilson goes to Minnesota or something like that, and they're sitting there without a quarterback and they're like, Hey, dude, you, you want to come play one more year? I don't think it's impossible. That dude has such an insane ego that he doesn't say to himself, yeah, I'll go do that for a year. Right? I think there's a reason why he's saying, I don't speak in absolutes. right? Like, I think he knows it's over in Pittsburgh, but I think there's some part of him that's like hoping that someone else would give him a chance because he's just such an egomaniac. Yeah, I, I could see that too. Like, uh, you know, He's always been the attention seeker, yep. whether you're a Big Ben fan or you hate him. I mean, it's one of the things I like. He wants you to know he's hurt and that he's playing through pain. Ah, he always he's a hero. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And he needs that. And it's just kind of a weird, maybe, I don't know if narcissistic is the way to use it, but he, it's something where he internally feels like he needs people to know how dedicated he is and how banged up he is. Like, hey, I'm going to give this a go because I'm a trooper for you guys in actuality when it's all about him. 100%. One, oh, my God. Six billion percent. That's accurate. Yeah. All right. Um, what's coming up on the Big Bag Morning Show this week? So I'm off until Thursday, which I, I don't know if you get this. Every time I'm off, and, and I didn't take off much. Like, I used to take off all the time to watch my kids play. So I'd be missing time. Sure, sure. I, I'd get something. It'd be two days here, two days right. there, two days. And somebody's like, you're always off. And I was like, well, I haven't been off all year. So I'd, like, use these days. I save all my vacation days to watch my kids play ball. And then now when I join the morning show, like I put all my effort into it to, to try to make this as successful as possible. And I wanted to be there every single day. Now I have all these vacation days that I have to use. So oh, and my, contract, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. my contract runs through the next couple months. So um, I basically told management, I said, tell me when you want me to take off. So they gave me a bunch of dates. So now yeah, I, I'm off they, they, they say don't take off on Monday because it's after a Ravens game. So you got to take off a Tuesday. Like you got to yeah. take off. Well, I was off today. Oh, okay. They, I mean, that's just kind of how they matched it up. Typically, yeah, that so would weird. be exactly what Yeah, that's what you weird, said, but right? I think they're just trying to get the days in. Man, so. man, that's a weird bit. All right, well, picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com, of course. And I know you're, yeah, still do- weekend, too. you're still doing the Sunday show, right? It's- yeah, Sunday show. I actually filled in did four hours. I, I filled in on You Better, You Bet this weekend. But uh, I had the 49ers, which I was fortunate how it came down. That was my lock. Georgia was my biggest bowl game play. Yeah. Utah was my second largest bowl game play. And uh, even though they covered almost start to finish, I still feel lucky on how that finished. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Um, there have been plenty of times where I feel like I was on the right side. Sure. End up losing the game. So, uh, but it was a good weekend overall. Very good. At JeremyCon1057 on Twitter. That's how you follow him. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday, all right? It's, Thanks, man. It's JeremyCon1057, the fan. Coming out of that, let's go over our picks for the week, and then we'll grab a break, come back to uh, Slaps of the Helmet. Uh, picks recap brought to you this week by Underdog Fantasy Football. You still can't bet online or on your phone, and I know that's a bummer, but you can bet in person, which is a good thing, and in the meantime, we can fill the gap until we get to that point. Fill the gap by playing Underdog Fantasy Football because you can play player props and parlays and things that make you feel like you're betting. Plus, you're getting free money. Use the code PRESSBOX when you make your first deposit up to $100. We will match it with free money for you to play with underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog app um we had the two college games and the seven nfl games that we picked this week it was it was a bad week for everybody except me 
which I I guess is because I'm the only one that got both the college games right. I it seemed like such the easiest thing in the world to do. It's Alabama and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Just pick them. Right. Don't overthink it. Don't get cute. Just pick them. And you know it wasn't like Alabama was brilliant. It wasn't like they won by sixty points and. I don't think it shamed Cincinnati in every in any way. It was just that was probably what was going to happen. Alabama's three touchdowns better than Cincinnati because Alabama was three touchdowns better than anybody that would have been in that game. They put Notre Dame in that game, who lost their bowl game too. Like you, whoever you were putting in that game, Alabama was three touchdowns better than them. And I know there's been a lot of furor about this is why we don't need to expand the playoff. It's if Alabama's got Nick Saban as their coach, they're most years going to be about three touchdowns better than everybody they play, no matter what. That alone is not an argument for why you shouldn't have an expanded playoff. But only Kyle and I were on Alabama, and um, oh, Kyle couldn't pick. You know, Kyle has to pick Michigan every time, mm-hmm. so that screwed him. Um, they were n- not really participants uh, on, in the other semifinal as they got housed by Georgia. Proctor also took Michigan in that game. So Proctor's like long shot of getting back. He had charged back, probably dead because he's now 10 games. He took Cincinnati and Michigan. Yeah. Which is really hurt him. Really hurt him this week. He went three and six. So um, so that helped me. Everybody was on the Rams, so nobody got that point. Only Andrew Stecka. You got to do crazy things when you're Andrew Stecka and you're down by a billion points. Only Andrew Stecka was on uh, Cincinnati. Unfortunately, he also went three and six this week. So even getting, even stealing one didn't end up helping him all that much. Uh, John Proctor and I were oddly the only ones that were on Tennessee. I didn't really get that. I mean, I didn't expect to be thirty-four to three like that. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Right. And it was sort of a reminder of the things that we talked about with Miami were real. Like they, they got very yes, they did win those games. But if you actually go back and look at who they were playing against and what quarterbacks they were facing, this was not. It's not only that it wasn't a murderer's row, it was largely not really NFL quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, they played. And it was before, you know, things really went bad for Lamar Jackson. They started that. And, like, they deserve credit for it to some extent. But that all was real. That They were facing lesser opponents as they put that streak together. It wasn't surprising to me that it came crashing uh, down. I was a bit surprised, however, by Vegas – Beating Indianapolis outright. Yeah. That, like, them covering wasn't going to stun me. And so I was like, eh, Kyle might steal one there. But I was definitely surprised by them beating Indianapolis outright. Um, as a lot of us had sort of looked at Indianapolis and said that might be a dark horse Super Bowl, you know, candidate. And they really came back to earth. They're probably going to be fine to get in. Again, they, you know, they still have some work to do this week. But. Man, like that was that was alarming. Could you imagine if they lose to Jacksonville? Oh, man. And two weeks after we had crowned them as su- like they're out altogether. Could you imagine that? It's crazy to me, man. I think it'd be awesome. Just because you hate the Colts? No, I, I don't even hate the Colts. I just think it would be awesome because it's sort of the wild nature of the NFL, yeah. like the crazy things you don't expect to yeah. happen. I get that. I do get that. Um, uh, uh, Kyle, as as always the case, when it seems to me that when you go uh, lone wolf twice in the same week. You end up winning one of them. Mm-hmm. So he gets the, the Vegas one, but he misses on Denver as, you know, the Chargers look like the Chargers again, uh, despite the fact that Denver's got a very good defense. Mm-hmm. The Chargers look like the Chargers again in a 34-13 to win. It sets up what will be the Sunday night finale this week between the Chargers and Raiders, which will likely be a win-in-your-in scenario. However, it is also possible that other games that happen during the course of the day 
could leave it that both teams are already in before the game is kicked off. And that would be a that would be very disappointing for the National Football League if that ended up being the case. Right. Um, that that game was not meaningful on Sunday night, but it's possible. Um, I try to tell you guys, I constantly, whatever you think Arizona's about to do, bet the opposite. Always, always, and forever, bet the opposite. So Arizona's falling apart. Dallas looked like gangbusters last week. Now they got to go to Dallas. A- everything says bet Dallas. No, no. Whatever you think Arizona's going to do, bet the opposite. Poor Stetka. He's like, I bet Arizona last week, and I fail. I finally came around, and I failed, so I'm going back to Dallas. Yeah, well, should have learned your lesson. <laughs> uh, Arizona wins outright. And I know there was some controversy at the end because that was definitely a fumble. I mean, Edmonds was not down. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they would go back and say we had blown the whistle and, and said forward progress was stopped. I didn't pay that much attention to it, but he definitely was not down. I know there was some controversy in a bowl game about that last week. Um, but, like, if, if, they, if they did, if they said forward progress was stopped, then it doesn't matter what you see on replay. There's nothing they can do. That can't be overturned. Once they rule that forward progress is stopped, it's over. Right. But Edmonds was not down, and that should have been a fumble, 100%. But it wasn't Arizona. And it, it wouldn't have changed betting-wise. Dallas, even they go down and score, they still don't cover. So it doesn't make much of a difference. Arizona wins outright 25-22. And then uh, Green Bay just pounds Minnesota without Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, it was that was it is really interesting. They wouldn't play Kellen Mond in that game. Like that's that's a weird bit. Like what what has Sean Mannion done that suggests that he should be playing in an NFL game? Um, but whatever, it wasn't going to make a difference right. anyway. It was nothing was going to make a difference in that football game. So for the week, I go six and three. Uh, Kyle and KZ both go four and five. So it gives me a little more distance at the top. I'm now three games in front of both of them. So I'm 86 and 72 on the year. They're both 83 and 75. Proctor's 76 and 82. He's 10 games back, but he's still eight games clear of Steck at the bottom of the table, who is 68 and 90. Woof. Woof. <laughs> so, his girlfriend. Yeah, woof. Um, so, again, at the top of the table, we're playing for a little bit of cash. At the bottom of the table, we're playing uh, for the right to be the one that uh, has to come in here and get their back waxed and sing a Hero from the first Spider-Man movie and consume an actual tarantula. That's and speaking of Buzz, how about that? Look at how that tied in there. Did you know that the picture of Buzz's girlfriend is actually like the director's son dressed in a wig? No, I think you know what I. I watched. I might remember that from watching the movies that made us Mm because they did one about Home Alone, and I do think that I vaguely remember there being a story about that in there. Yeah, they didn't want a girl to develop a complex, right? Because they they called her ugly, right? Right. Smart. They were a little ahead of their time in that. way. Definitely ahead of a little ahead of their time in that way. Um, so that's what's at stake for our picks every week. And so we will have one more full week of NFL. We'll do the eight, we'll do eight NFL games and we'll do the championship game this week, uh, for picks. And then we'll just have the playoffs left after that point. All right. Today's show. Oh, you know what? Stan the fans back tonight. Stan the fan, Ross Grimsley and my favorite baseball player of all time. You guys know. Mike Devereaux is that dude. I have loved Mike Devereaux my entire life. He knows. Uh, I've had to awkwardly talk to him about my obsession with him as I was a kid. My mother handmade me a Mike Devereaux jersey because you couldn't purchase them at the time in order for me to go as Mike Devereaux for Halloween one year. That's how much I loved Mike Devereaux. My father awkwardly met him on a flight once and, like, didn't know what to do. He all he had was like the the napkin that like they had on the plane. He had him sign it so I would have something 
at home from the time that my dad met Mike Devereaux on a do plane. Do you still have that napkin? I don't think I do. I mean, it's probably at my parents' house somewhere. It's probably still there somewhere. Chris Chris Hoyles was my uh, was my first autograph. Okay. And my mom had to talk to him because I was too nervous to talk to him. Okay. It says to Paul, best wishes, Chris Hoyles. Oddly enough, I now work with his son at the restaurant. Oh, I that's work cool. At. Wait, which which son? Uh, Drew, the youngest. Oh, okay, yeah, I was gonna say. Not is Dalton still playing baseball? No, Dalton was part of the COVID cuts, yeah, and he's uh, he's out of it now. That's yeah. a bummer. Um, anyway, Mike Devereaux joins uh, Stan and Ross tonight at six. Uh, Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports, and if you miss it, you can see it tomorrow. Pressboxonline.com slash video. We'll come back in, dish out our slaps, tidbit, and tubular to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first bite Mm. Start your day off right With a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection Of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches And top it off with a rich hot cup Of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms Breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world Real fresh, real fast Royal Farms the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, yes, Paul from Obilando, that catch that you refer to um, against Joe Carter, the, 100% one of the greatest things I ever saw as a kid, and it's why I fell in I The guys I was in love with were the guys I was, I've talked openly about my obsession with Kenny Lofton. 
There was nothing I enjoyed more as a baseball fan than watching someone rob home runs. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite thing ever. It's still one of the coolest things you'll ever see. And it was part of the era of sports highlights being so important. That era has largely died because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can see the highlights on Twitter, right? So, you know, like the, when, 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 like, um, you knew that it was going to air on Sports Center five times the next day. Like they were going to find five different ways to include the highlight during the course of watching one episode of Sports Center. That was the type of stuff I was obsessed with. So I love Kenny Lofton. Obsessed with Kenny Lofton. I was obsessed with Mike Devereaux, man. Absolutely obsessed with them. So yeah, very cool that uh, that's who they're chatting with tonight. Uh, a couple other people. Think, I, I'm sorry I haven't responded to everybody this morning. From uh, John in Little Rock, John said. I regrettably listened to the fan post game. John, you know, we do a post game show. <laughs> you know that, right? I love you. And the host actually thinks Huntley is pushing Lamar Jackson in his future, and lots of callers agreed and think Harbaugh should be fired. It was a mistake listening, and I won't make that mistake again. Well, I, I mean, I don't have anything to say. I'm not trying to trash. I said this when I wrote my column last week about a couple of the people over there. I, I can tell you from, you know, experience working in radio that like you're you are told regularly that your job is to be bombastic and to just i i don't know there are some people that i genuinely believe are just that crazy that work in this business there's other people that i know don't really care all that much but have been told you need to get people worked up you need to just say things that get people worked up and so they just do it because they want to have that job and i I, it's not for me i'll never be a part of that world it's not I have made peace with that. It's it's a, it's what it is. I can't be that guy. I can't fake it. I can't fake how I feel about things. Well, I also just can't. I can't pretend like things matter more than they do either. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the twofold problem that I have, right? Like it's the I. You can't get me to sit here and pretend like I care all that. The bowl opt out thing is a huge conversation right now. Mm-hmm. And for the record, I thought it was what Kirk Herbstreet said the other day was embarrassing. I thought that was embarrassing for him. I missed what he said. He went on about you know quit. It's that Ben McDonald did a bit with it this weekend on Twitter. There's a bunch of it, you're quitting on your team. That that mm-hmm. whole nonsense. I think it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for you as an adult human being to not be capable of saying to myself, "Yeah, there's a lot of money that's at stake in these situations. I probably understand why it is they're making the decisions that they make." Like. It's it's a it's a bummer that it happens when they still have a game to play, right? Like mm-hmm. it's 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 one of the flaws of the system that they're playing one more game a month after they played their last game. Yeah, that's never made sense to me. It's it's a well, I get it. They these bowl games want people to travel there, mm-hmm. and people are available to travel when they have time off work. So that they're not moving the games. They're not mm-hmm. moving the games up in December because they people they, the people in Phoenix. Want people to come travel to Phoenix that week from who do they have? Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. So they want people in the Midwest and in the Heartland to travel to um, to Phoenix. Well, they can't do that the second week of December because they've got to go to work. Right. But they can do that the week between Christmas and New Year's Day. They can travel and they can come spend a week out in the gorgeous weather. They want to get away from Indiana. They want to get away from Oklahoma. Not that Oklahoma is all that bad. But you know what I mean? They, they, they want to go somewhere else where it's nice that week. Mm-hmm. So the bowl games aren't moving because the bowl games, that's their existence is about getting people to travel to these warm weather locations during a week where they're off. So they can't move the games. They don't want to extend the season because that's finals, right? Like, And they're supposed to pretend like they care about that. So you're sort of lost <laughs> with this system, right? Where like the, it's going to exist this way. This is going to happen because of it. 
when you're when you're four weeks away from playing another game, it's way easier for Kenny Pickett to say like, "I'm good. I I need to start worrying about the draft. That's what I need to worry about." And you know, we already played our our ACC championship game. We won the title we were going to win. Now it's just a football. It's just a silly football game. I I can't prioritize that. I played all the games that mattered. I helped my team win a championship. Now I got to worry about me. Right. It's not that hard to figure out. It doesn't take much to figure out. If the game was a week after the ACC championship game, he'd probably be more inclined to play in it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not so far removed. If it was a playoff game, he'd almost certainly be playing in it. If there was the chance to go win a championship. But it's not. People get offended by saying they're meaningless games. You know what we're saying. It's not uh, – you see somebody else you – know, Maryland clearly didn't think the pinstripe bowl was meaningless to them. As we talked to those players, you could tell it mattered. Robert Griffin III, as crazy as he is, said something really nice about this over the weekend. Robert Griffin III said, I decided after winning the Heisman Trophy to play in Baylor's bowl game because Baylor hadn't won a bowl game in – 20 years or something like that. It was very meaningful to everyone in that community to go win a bowl game, right? It's not the same everywhere. It doesn't necessarily mean to the receivers, to Chris Olave at Ohio State, where Ohio State wins bowl games all the time, it's not winning the Rose Bowl wasn't as important to him. He's won bowl games. He's done that thing. The The draft is what matters now. It's not. We don't have to be rocket scientists to figure this out. We know we have all the evidence. We just want to say bombastic things for saying them. I ended up spending time. Ironic that me saying I was. This wasn't something that I could sit here and pretend like is worthy of an hour's worth of conversation or significant. Con- it's it's not hard to figure out. It's very simple. It's like screaming about the Ravens. You know what happened this year? They all got hurt. We we all know what we're doing, but it's boring to just say that. If if I went if I was hosting today on the fan. And I came on and said that, at, you know, if I was doing uh, Bob's show and came on at 10 o'clock today and said, you know, uh, just uh, the Ravens mm, had a lot of injuries. I still got four more hours to do. Right. <laughs> like, I still got to talk for another four hours. So they're told, and I don't know, if I'm, not, I'm using Bob. I don't know if Bob, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't listen. One, we're on at the same time. Two, I don't listen to the other, and I feel bad with Jeremy, too, because he's my friend, but, like, I'm just out of listening to sports radio. I'm I'm over it. Um, I don't, I don't like, I don't like this. I don't like how it's become the Skip Bayless show. I don't like that you're told to say bombastic things. I, I I have no interest in that. It doesn't do anything for me. Um, I do listen to the game still. If I'm in the car and there's a, you know, Orioles game on, I'll listen to that. If there's a, I, I still like, I think that has value. But anyway, if, if, so they're told, say crazy things. Say say bombastic out there things because it gets people to talk. And you can do four hours of that. Mm. You can do two minutes of, of practical and real. You can do four hours. That's why we tell other stories. That's why we, you know, put guests on that, that you know, I, we're trying to get Summer Britcher on the show because she qualified for the Olympics again. None of you care about bobsled in any way. You're luge, sorry, not bobsled, jeez. Luge. But I think it matters. There's a girl who was born in Baltimore who's going to her second Olympics and has a chance. I want to tell that story. We haven't been able to get in touch with her. I don't know what's going on there. She's come on the show. It's weird. Very weird bit. Um, just conflicting traveling schedules. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. It's awkward. Um, but, like, we do that type of stuff on this show. And, and because I don't think that two hours of pretending like 
John Harbaugh should be fired makes for good radio. Yeah, my 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 buddy texted me last night and he goes, "Somebody needs to be fired." And I was like, "What? Stop, the, like n- nobody needs to get fired. I think so I think that they'll probably make some changes, but nobody needs to be fired." I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I think a lot of people are convinced that like this is just the end for like it's just going to be a natural time for them to move on from Greg Roman. I I don't understand that in any way. Now, again, if they've made an internal decision that they want to completely do something different offensively, then they have to. They have to move on from Greg mm-hmm. Roman. He doesn't do that. I don't get that. I don't. I, I'm I'm inclined to believe that they're just going to run it back next year with the healthy roster. I and I think to me that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's impossible that they decide to go a different direction. They they all get together and say we want to do something different offensively, and if we're going to do something different offensively, we have to have a different coordinator because this coordinator doesn't do that thing, right? right. Like, that's that's possible. Do I think that's what they should do? No, I don't. I've been very upfront about that. If, if I was in their shoes, I would say, we easily could have won a Super Bowl this season. I'm going to come back and try to win a Super Bowl next year. That's where my head's up. With the bulk of the roster that's returning and, and having to... You know, a, a a little bit of a higher draft pick and needing to sprinkle in a couple of things. It's going to require Ronnie Stanley being Ronnie Stanley or at least being serviceable again. I mean, the, that the math to that certainly needs to involve that. But that's what I would do if I were them. Could they do something different? Yeah, they could. And to your point, there's other position coaches that could just leave for other opportunities somewhere. Like that, this can be change, even if it's not significant change. I just don't I don't I don't I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. Um long term this is from Paul. Long term seems best at this point if the Ravens don't make the playoffs and get the draft slot in teens if possible, knowing the D is knowing the defense is going up against Chase and Company two times a season for the next four plus years, they need a top cornerback like Gardner, McCready, or Stingley in the first round to combat this. I mean I you can never have too many cornerbacks, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean I'm not I'm never gonna say that. Do I think that they have to draft a cornerback with that pick? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I think you can make the argument that, like, if there's a, a tackle that's available there, knowing that you have some risk when it comes to Ronnie Stanley and that you have to play two of them anyway, that's a pretty significant thing. So I think a tackle could very well be in play for the Ravens wherever it is that they draft. I still think you'd have to acknowledge that edge rush probably has to be in the equation. Like, they still need someone that they can count on to get quarterbacks on the ground. Um, I, I've liked a lot of what I've seen from Adafi Owe this season, and I think that he's a guy that can be very helpful for some time, but I still don't know that they have someone that you can count on that can just win matchups and get quarterbacks on the ground. And so if there's an edge rusher, I still think that has to be in the equation there too. And hell, if there's a you know an Aaron Donald-type defensive tackle, you go get that guy because you go get that guy anywhere that you can get him. Um, and this is a I, – I did like this. Jack, I agree. Uh, uh, Leron should serve as a resource for players to talk about mental health once their playing careers are over. And I think that, that you know, he's sort of saying – what he's saying about Antonio Brown is exactly that. He's saying, I want to be that guy. I want, I want to talk to him. And, like, I, I want to I try to figure out what's going on. Um, and I appreciate that. It was powerful stuff with Leron McClain. Slaps to the Helmet, uh, brought to you by Live Casino Hotel. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is open and is awesome. And it's right there at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. 
Five Ravens, rank them five to one. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. I think you guys have just gotten tired of slaps in recent weeks because you are really struggling. We'll just do ours right now because we're running late. Um, I'll begin with my number five. And it's not even that I think on the whole that he had a bad day. In fact, you know, obviously he recovered the fumble that Tyus Bowser created. But him missing another sack, it's, it's more than I'm trying to represent. The Ravens missed sacks in recent weeks have been a huge part of this story that we're not really talking about because none of them individually have necessarily been the, the play that broke their back, right? But my God, how many times in the last two weeks, three weeks, have they had opportunities to get a quarterback on the ground? And dead, get off the field. Dead to rights. Maybe not necessarily always on third down, but even like a first down play that would have lost 12 yards mm-hmm. that instead the quarterback somehow gets away from him. They don't get wrapped up. Either at least get it back to, you know, an incomplete pass or sometimes gain yards. It's just been a recurring problem. So because it happened with Justin Houston yesterday earlier in the game and it was just one that stood out to me, I'm having him take up the fifth spot on my list. But it really that he's representing as a whole the sheer number of opportunities that this team has had in the last couple of weeks to to change games by getting a quarterback on the ground and they continue to to just struggle in that capacity when they've got quarterbacks dead to rights and just can't get them on the ground. And Justin Houston was the latest one. On Bowser's strip sack yesterday, he almost whiffed. And that, that, that was his hand hit the ball as he was going to the ground. He, he, but yeah, he I whiffed. think he would have had him. I think he would have had him in, in part just because where he was on the field, I don't think there was anywhere for him to go. Like mm-hmm. I know he had started moving forward a little bit, but I, I think it, like worse – the, the best case scenario in that situation is like he stumbles forward for a yard or so and it's mm. still a, a, a big loss. Right. But yeah, obviously, you know, he ended up getting the ball out instead. It's just, it's been an, ep- it's been an epidemic. Uh, the, the Ravens, edge rushers, and it wasn't always the edge rushers. It was one of the defensive backs last week. Was I don't it? remember. Uh, Ellis missed, was it Ellis or who was the guy? No, no, it was uh, Broderick Washington. Broderick Washington absolutely the, the had The first one. play of the game yep. last, last week. Um, and there was a defensive back who came off a of blitz that, it might have been Tavon. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was Tavon. Um, who, again, dead to rights, dead to rights, and just couldn't make the play. Mm-hmm. It's just been it's been a huge problem. So I'm, Houston is representing them for me. So number five for me is even though he's been really good this year, is Patrick McCarry. Look, he earned himself a nice payday, but he got beat badly by Von Miller all day yesterday, and especially in, in that sack where you can't take a sack there. But what choice does Huntley have? Yeah, because he ran by. Yeah, I mean, Macari, no like, like he wasn't there. No, he's no, there's no doubt on that play. He got him. Um, I just already had two offensive players on my list, and and I, I don't know if he would have been third, but he definitely would have. No doubt that he got. I, Von Miller had a lot of praise for uh, Patrick McCarry after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, brought up. It's Von Miller. I mean, I get right. it. And brought up the fact that, like, he got the best of him when they played earlier this season. When Von Miller was in Denver and went up against him, he's like, dude, that guy kicked my ass that mm-hmm. day. So I kind of had circled this um, to try to get back at him after that game. Um, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. But, yeah, you're right. He beat him. He beat him. There's no question about it. Uh, John Harbaugh gets the fourth spot on my list. And I still would like to know more about this Tyler Huntley saying that he thought there was still a second on the clock. I would just like to know a little bit more about it because it might explain more of the situation. Um, You don't take a timeout with one second on the play clock because the timeouts are valuable and you expect that the snap's going to get off, right? And that is part of the problem with our, as a whole with us blaming John Harbaugh is when the clock hits zero, it's too late to take a timeout. And when the clock's at one, you don't want to take the timeout because you want the snap to get off 
because you want to save your timeouts for when you're going to need them, perhaps at the end of the game. So there's a little bit of an awkwardness of how much we're beating up John Harbaugh for this thing, but it still happened, and it still ended up being really significant in the game, so I'm going to include him because of that, but I'm acknowledging on the whole, I don't... John Harbaugh, it's it's insane that this group of football players is in that game. Yeah. It's nuts. And I don't think that this is as black and white as some of you want to make it out to be because you just want to have somebody to blame. I think that it's very difficult. When do you want him to call the timeout? When the clock if you're saying, well, he's got to call it when the clock says one. Well, they were lined up. They I don't know why the snap didn't get off. And that's probably more on Huntley and Cologne Castillo. But neither one of those guys are supposed to be the guys that are playing right now. So I think it's just convenient for us. For me, it, Harbaugh is my number three. It's hard for me to put coaches on these lists this year in particular just because of the fact that you have so many people have either been sick or injured. It, that, like The fact that they're even where they are is remarkable, like you said all show. Uh, so he was my number three. My number four was actually Tyler Huntley. And I, I think it's been, it's been admirable that he's been able to come in and keep play, keep this team in the games that he's playing in, but at some point you gotta win. It, it isn't enough to just to keep your team in the game. You gotta win some of them. And yep. he made some flat out awful throws yep. on Sunday. They, they were they were passes that he just flat out. Well, and the, the, the interception. Yeah, the interception was terrible. And everybody said, "Well, it looks like it was a miscommunication. Maybe still a bad right? throw, but it it I, I, nothing about it makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Like, I if there is a route." that they run that involves Hollywood Brown getting behind the defender and then curling off to the sideline. Why does that route exist? Exactly. I, that I don't get it at all. You can say, well, because it was late in the, the half. And so they'd want to get him out of bounds to stop the clock. Well, this is Hollywood Brown. If he's got his defender beat, he's faster than everybody. He should be running to the end zone. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. And so that's why if there was a miscommunication, I have to assume it's on the side of Tyler Huntley because nothing otherwise makes sense about why there should be a play in that situation that involves him taking the route and going out towards the sideline. And there were definitely some pass breakups that were results of him putting too much air under a short pass. It says drilling a laser into the chest. Well, look, he he puts too much. And the decision where he had all the room in front of him to run um, in the second half on this over on the right side of the field, and he decided at the last second to try to throw the ball out, and he bounces it in, Mm -hmm. and like he knows as soon as he throws it, it was a bad decision to make. And look, it's tough. It's look, Tyler Huntley's number two on my list um, because the real we can do this to our blue in the face. The real story of why they lost the game yesterday was Tyler Huntley, and it's just awkward to do that because we we got to be realistic about Tyler Huntley. It's, I don't like beating him up. It's not fun. He's not supposed to be there. But we can only judge the game that was played. I, I, I can't judge another game if we're going to do this list. I got to tell you, the reason why they lost the game was Tyler Huntley yesterday. They needed their quarterback to play better. Whoever was playing quarterback had to play better than Tyler Huntley did. And is he still, again, it doesn't make any of the other stuff any less true. It doesn't mean that he hasn't played admirably it doesn't mean that he hasn't played beyond expectations or that he hasn't maybe earned the right to be in the league but we're still trying to talk about Tyler Huntley as a guy that if you think somebody was watching that game and saying man I'm giving up a second round pick for that guy get the f out of here I thought he was borderline bad yesterday he was he was bad yesterday when he was throwing the ball underneath for the most part he was hitting those throws Mm -hmm. and you could say for the better part of two quarters he played well right? right like in the first half he largely played 
well. That's why I I, 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 I refrain from saying he was bad. He was borderline. Yeah, like he, but it was well. He wasn't particularly good. Mm-hmm. He wasn't making great throws. He was just sort of doing what he could do and taking what was there. And as we've said about Lamar Jackson, sometimes you need to do that. Um, but then it got bad. I mean, it got, and then the, what happened the final drive is inexcusable for any quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's bad. You're, it's not the first time he's done that. You're an NFL quarterback, and you get the ball back with 57 seconds in a timeout, and Justin Tucker is your kicker. You got to get, what, 30, 35 yards? To have, I mean, if you get 35 yards, you feel good about your chances. 40 yards, it's a sure thing. 30 yards, you got a, you got a chance. And you're throwing the ball in the middle of the field for four yards on back-to-back mm-hmm. plays. That lost the game. You can't do that. And it's not fun because we like Tyler Huntley and we want to believe Tyler Huntley's a thing. But this is the reason why he's a backup quarterback. You cannot do that. Period. You can blame the sack all you want. They'd already wasted their time out. They were already sitting at third and two. They were in hell because they had to waste their time out. They had almost no time. They already The sack was almost irrelevant at that point because... They were going to need 30 yards and out of bounds in order to get a chance. It, that can't happen. Tyler Huntley, because of that, is number two on my list. Who was your number three? Uh, my number three was Patrick Queen. Yeah, my um, no- Go ahead. I mean, it just look, I, I think on the whole, Patrick Queen has, has had a very good second half of the season. I think on the whole, I'm very positive about where Patrick Queen is. Um, you know, you still saw, obviously, in Pascal. And look, I don't, I certainly don't like Patrick Queen against Cooper Cup. I don't, I don't like that ever. But, um, you know, you saw it's still an issue in pass coverage, and there were still a couple missed tackles in there as well, and it just wasn't Patrick Queen's day yesterday. Yeah, Patrick Queen was my number two. He had one tackle. He slid off ball carriers. He over-pursued. He looked like the, the, the version of Patrick Queen that got himself benched, basically, in favor of Josh Bynes earlier this year. Yeah, I thought he had a very bad game. Um, and look, Alejandro Villanueva is number one to me almost just because, like, I'm gonna keep doing this, right? Like this is the this is the worst. This is the worst. The truth is, you might even argue yesterday on on the whole wasn't his worst day, mm. but you know when the problems came, they came in a really bad time. Um, and it's just the, the totality of things. It's the everything else you can blame on injuries. You, this isn't about injuries. He's not playing because somebody's hurt. He was gonna be playing. It's just bad. It's just flat bad. Alejandro Villanueva is number one for me. So my number one, and I don't know if his name is Kevin or Kavan. Oh, Seymour, yeah. Yeah, Seymour. He was the worst player on the field yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, I, I get that he's, he wouldn't yeah. even be in the league. And you're right. You're right. But he was the worst. He got beat badly. He yeah. played soft. He was just absolutely terrible yesterday. He was the worst player on the field. All right. There you go. Those are our slaps. We'll get them up at glennclarkradio.com. Tidbit brought to you today by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all. PressBoxonline.com slash best of. Justin Tucker, our Mo Gabba sports person of the year, is on the cover as we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021 in the best of issue available right now. All right, we talked about him a little bit earlier in the show. On Sunday, Joe Burrow threw for 446 yards and four touchdowns. His nice encore to his 525-yard, four-touchdown performance against the Ravens in Week 16. He finished the game Sunday three yards shy of Dak Prescott's all-time NFL record of 974 yards passing over the span of two games, a record Prescott set in October of 2020. For his career, 
Joe Burrow has now thrown for over 400 yards four times in just under two seasons. Which seven quarterbacks have amassed 10 or more 400-yard games in NFL history? Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, number two on the list with 14. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is not on the list. That's surprising, although obviously he played less. Brett Favre. Brett Favre is not on the list. That's surprising, too. Aaron Rodgers. He's not on the list, either. That's very surprising. Drew Brees. Drew Brees is number one on the list with 16. Probably should have started there. Um, ben Roethlisberger. He is number four. He's tied for, I'm sorry, number five on the list with 12. How many more? There's, there's one more? No, you have four more. Four more? Yeah. I thought you said there were four. Right. There were seven. Oh. Maybe I'm conflating four with 400. Uh, Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers is sixth on the list with 11. How about Tom Brady? Tom Brady is tied for third with 13. Um, This is where it gets tough because it's... Throwing for 400 yards is such a modern thing. It's just mm-hmm. not something that happened as much. But if there's two guys... I'm going to guess that there's somebody who's not very modern that's on the list. Uh, he hasn't played in... Two decades. Yeah. Troy Aikman. No. Didn't really have inflated passing numbers. No, I know. But but most guys in that era didn't. Right. Most guys that played in that era did not. But some did. But some did. Hasn't played in two decades. John Elway. No. Jim Kelly. Dan Marino. Dan Marino. That's that's, one of those guys. That was one of them. And the other one. Dan Marino had 13. The other one is still playing. Still playing. Um, it's already Patrick Mahomes. No, it's he's still playing. It's it's Russ. No, he's playing for his second team. He's playing for his second team. Still playing and playing for his second team. Stafford, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, with ten. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. Trailing all the time, you just keep throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm with Jeremy on them. I'm not a full believer in the Rams in any way. Like they certainly have the roster, and but I got to see him do it before I believe they Did can you do see it. Jalen Ramsey smack his own teammate in the face mask yesterday. That and and, and uh, who was it? The punch? Was it Jalen Ramsey that punched him in the butt? Who punched uh, Chuck Clark in the butt? That was uh, Odell Beckham. It was Odell Beckham. Thank you, yes, because, of course, it would have to be the offense that was on the field. Mm-hmm. What the F was that? <laughs> it was like, oh, he's trying to go for the ball. I'm like, that's what he's saying he's trying to do? There was no world in which he was punching anywhere the near the ball. Like, they, I've talked about this a lot. Like, they, NFL has to do something about this. The rule's going to have to be you, you can't just have guys out there swinging and, and, and say, well, they were going for the ball. They were trying to – like, the rule's going to have to be you want to try to punch the ball out? Fine. But if you miss, it's going to be a personal foul. Mm-hmm. You do it twice during a game, you're getting ejected. You know, you could say, well, in that moment, Odell Beckham probably would have done it anyway because they're on the four-yard line. So what's two yards, you know, going backwards? Fine. Like, you know, I guess it's going the other way. So it's – sorry, I strike that. It would be 19 yards. But they still would be pinned back deep. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to do it, go for it. But if you miss and you just punch a dude, it's going to be a personal foul. Oh, like, uh, Plain when, and simple. When <clears throat> T.J. Watt – was just uppercutting yeah. the dude. Like, yeah. straight up uppercut him Well, like I think six he times. did get uh, flagged in that he, game. He, he, I think did, he did, but he should have been thrown out of the I, game. I don't disagree. I like, they, the NFL has to do something about this because you just have guys out there throwing punches. Mm. Like, it can't just be okay. 
Tubular brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. Here's what's coming up uh, tonight. Browns Steelers, 815 on ESPN. There is a Manning cast, and they're putting Aaron Rodgers on. And I'm sure they'll ask all the nice. hard questions. And they're putting Roger Goodell on. I'm sure they'll ask him a lot of tough questions. Does the toe make an appearance? I don't know. I don't, I'm not. I, I will choose. I will not be in, involved in the Manning cast this evening. Uh, but uh, it's the last one for the year, 815 on ESPN. Uh, maybe, maybe The last one for the regular season. Maybe they do one for the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, Maryland's in action tonight, but you probably won't watch because it's on at the same time as football. Maryland's playing Iowa tonight at 9 on the Big Ten Network. Uh, Towson and Drexel at 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. So they're on TV, and they're very good. I would watch that. Uh, the rest of the college basketball find at glennclarkradio.com. Hornets Wizards 7 on NBC Sports Washington. NBA TV's got Grizzlies Nets at 7.30. Heat Warriors at 10. The USA Network now is where you find all the old NBC Sports Network stuff. It's shifted over to USA. Wolverhampton Wanderers and Man U at 1230. WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, the Bachelor is back on ABC at 8 o'clock. Was it gone? I, don't, I, I don't, didn't know I it was gone. I don't know. Um, the Neighborhood uh, at 8 o'clock on CBS. Uh, Keenan's show at 8 and 8.30 on NBC. Uh, late show. The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon has Anthony Anderson, Adam Devine, and Carly Pierce, and that's really about it. I gave Abbott Elementary a look-see. I think there's something there. I might uh, I might give another look at that one moving forward. Unlike Home Economics, where there just wasn't anything there, uh, I think there might be something there is with that, Abbott Elementary. Is that on tonight? I, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea if it's on tonight. I, I don't, don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I watch it on Hulu. Oh, gotcha. um, and, but it's an ABC show. Like I know they're putting on an ABC and I think those NBC comedies they rolled out in December start to come back again this week, like American Auto and um, The Crew and uh, Mr. Mayor's, I guess, coming back at some point. Yeah. Um, and, and those, I liked, I definitely liked American Auto. I was in on that one. The Crew, I'll give it a little bit more time. Uh, I, beside myself, they did six episodes of Letter Kenny this season. I have no idea what the F that's about. Six. And I was, it ended, and I was like, well, we're going to watch the next episode now. It was just over. Yeah. Yellowstone's, what the F? Yellowstone's already over. I'm very upset about that. There How many episodes was that? Ten. Uh, well, okay, that's uh, more of a... But, but I, was I still... I get it. I still you want more. Yeah, I get it. And then there was, no, um, there was no new episode of 1883 last night, which I did not that's know. That's weird. They've only, they've only done three, and there was no new episode yesterday. I was like, what the hell? I don't get that at all. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Uh, thanks today to Le'Ron McClain. If you missed that really incredible, powerful stuff with Le'Ron McClain, thanks also to our buddy Adam Amin. And to uh, Jeremy Kahn, we'll get all that and uh, slaps up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, our buddy Spiro Marikis is going to be back in studio tomorrow. I don't even know what we're going to fight about, but I love Spiro. Uh, speaking of Towson and how good they've been this season, Towson play-by-play man Spiro Marikis will join us in studio in the 11 a.m. hour tomorrow. Uh, we're going to begin our coverage of Ben Roethlisberger's quote-unquote maybe final game. The man that's responsible for Ben Roethlisberger being a thing. Gary Baxter, former Ravens cornerback, will join us tomorrow morning. As you remember, it was Gary Baxter who injured Tommy Maddox all those years ago and brought Ben Roethlisberger. He was going to play at some point, clearly. It's not. But you get it. That's the reason uh, that, uh, that Ben Roethlisberger became a quarterback. We're going to catch up with Gary Baxter. It's been too long. Uh, looking forward to that. And uh, Patrick Stevens joins us, as he always does on Tuesday, stuff and things. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, 
Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and my bookie. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Hopefully he'll be able to leave. We don't know that, but hopefully he'll be able to leave today and get home. Everybody be safe. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday night. Go uh, Maryland. Go Towson. Dukes. And I guess we should. We ha- oh, should we be rooting for the Steelers tonight? Because the Browns. Uh, I don't know. I, I you're not going to get me to say. I, it. I don't think the Jacks can beat the Colts. So yeah, no. yeah, yeah. You're not going to get me to say it out loud for sure. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.